arguably in two places at once. But their X Factor, arguably, we could say, are Austin Reeves or perhaps Jared Vanderbilt if we want to talk about on the defensive end. Torian Prince on December 2nd against the Houston Rockets. How are we doing tonight, John? We're doing well, Al. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, boy. Can't wait for tonight. And for Wayward, boy, that, that seemed to be an ugly knockdown on Dylan Larkin. As he, he skated off on his own power, though, but Patrick Kansas' first goal as a Red Wing, by the way. Yeah, it's a really emotional night because Mike Vernon was honored before the game for making the Hockey Hall of Fame. He got Patrick Kane with his first. Obviously, everything, I'm hoping that Dylan Larkin's okay. I hope that he doesn't miss extended time or let alone the whole season because it happened on the initial Jimmy Ben hit. So, we'll see. We got a lot going on today. I'm sure you also talked about Shohei Otani. I'm sure we'll get to that in the break as well. You know, speaking of Shohei Otani, is there any watch parties around Los Angeles, perhaps one going on at Crypto.com Arena or Staples mm -hmm. Center, if there are any Lakers fans assembling a watch party over there. Perhaps they can get a little introduction to Shohei as he's now a Los Angeles Dodger. Official contract, 10 years, $700 million total. The largest in North American professional sports history. Wow. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And again, a little bit of a joke from me, but maybe the Dodgers are a little bit cheap. They only needed 300 more million to go to a billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have wished that would have happened, but, you know, 700 million would be a fair enough price yeah. for an amazing talent like Otani. It's no doubt that he's the best player in baseball. And he's worth every penny of it, 700 million of it. Yeah, even for a guy that you know is not going to pitch next year, but he's still going to be able to hit 700 million. Again, it's a ridiculous number. Uh, it's one of those situations to me, Alec, where I'll say this. We know that the Dodgers are a playoff team, but does it lift them to be a World Series team? Because that's the only reason why you signed him on that end. And if you're every other team in the league, again, we talked about Texas who won the World Series. Look, you might be sad initially, I'm missing out on Shohei Otani, but what does $700 million do? I know there's no technically a salary cap in baseball, but it certainly would hurt your floor on that side for what you'd want to spend. You don't want to block anybody in your organization just to be able to sell more tickets. Because let's face it, Dodger Stadium's already sold out. Unless you're playing against the Tigers or the Pirates or the Washington Nationals. They're not going to have any problem filling seats, but the main thing is winning a World Series. That's the main objective for the Dodgers during the Otani era. Him added on to that core. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts were both on the infield. Yeah. Chris Taylor as well. Jason Hayward on the outfield. James Altman. David Peralta. But the big question is about the pitching staff. They won't see Otani pitching until two years from now. Yeah. That's a big question for them. Do they have enough on the pitching staff, or do they need to make another extra push to get another pitcher? And I know Jeff Passan talked about this on ESPN, and the way that they did it was they deferred the money as much as possible so that way the Dodgers could still spend what they needed on that to get the help that you're talking about, because I agree with you. They will need some more pitching on that side if they want to get to the promised land. Yeah, because Walker Bueller was not available for the Dodgers for most of the year, if you remember his injury. Yeah. 
Clayton and Kershaw, they may have seen the last of him. He's a free agent now. There's the ongoing and there's the ongoing troubles with Julio Urias. There's mm-hmm. Bobby Miller, who's been kind of serviceable, but we don't know if he's one hundred percent reliable. But and for everyone else, it's been question marks on the pitching staff. Yeah, it is. And again, there's a lot for the LA Dodgers to still do. Just because, as you said, just because you get Otani, it doesn't absolve the Dodgers from any other issues, just like any other baseball team. So it's great for them. But again, as we've said, the main goal is winning it all. We'll see if they can do that. So I know we shared our initial thoughts in this game. We got Neo doing the national anthem here. We got a little bit, probably about five more minutes, and then we'll get started. But on the side of it right now, I see the spreads at 4.5 for the Lakers. I think you and I have been leaning Lakers on that side. But we've also said this. We're not going to take anything away from the Indiana Pacers. I feel like this game is going to be close enough. But are you still leaning Lakers? I would still lean Lakers because they're a well-rounded unit. And they've been coming up on their defensive side throughout this in-season tournament. This yeah. is where they've been playing their best basketball. And they seem to be elevating their play when there's something on the line. So have the Pacers. They've elevated their offense with the NBA Cup on the line. And their offense, you can say that's their best defense. Sometimes the best defense is an outstanding offense, and that's where the Pacers have been thriving at, the offensive end. So I'll say this, because I know you've done some pregame. I usually join in a few minutes after on that side, but I saw it from yesterday. Andrew Nemard will be out. Again, he's usually the backup point guard alongside T.J. McConnell. That's about 7.5 points per game. Jalen Smith hasn't played. He still will not. What I did see was Jared Vanderbilt's day-to-day, but he's probable, so we should see him in the lineup, but Gabe Vincent's still out for the Lakers. The lineup still sounds the same with Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, and Miles Turner for the Pacers, and on the other end for the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. And we won't put it past the Pacers at all if they end up winning this. We will not be shocked considering what they've already done against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Again, a 122-112 win over Boston, 128-119 over Milwaukee. And on the other side for the Los Angeles Lakers, again, it was a little bit of a hard-in-your-throat moment against the Phoenix Suns, 106-103, but they destroyed New Orleans, 133-89 in the last contest that we covered. And the last time around, it was complete domination for the Lakers. People would be talking about the Lakers' path to the end-season tournament final. Even though it's as easy as people would think it is, the Suns gave them a very tough test on the two games that they went up against. But no matter how easy the way it is to the final, the road still has to be crossed because any team can put up a fight against one of the tougher teams in the league. Yeah, and you can say this on the outstretch. Let's just say that we didn't know the results of the Indiana Pacers, and they're playing in the final against the Lakers. You would think that that game would be easy, again, as you just talked about with the path. But really, it's not, because the Indiana Pacers knocked out Boston and Milwaukee, who were not only favorites in the Eastern Conference to win a championship, but they were certainly favorites in this tournament, correct? They were. And you can argue the Celtics and the Bucks are bigger in terms of in terms of how big their brands are and sure. the size that the Bucks and the Celtics possess, the, the Pacers don't have a player listed at above seven feet tall. The Bucks and Celtics do. 
Yeah, the size and everything also we talk about, you mix that between Anthony Davis, LeBron James on that side, and then you do have uh, Jackson Hayes, who we've seen give some good minutes. Christian Wood played in the garbage time in the fourth quarter of the New Orleans Pelicans. And again, I use the twang on that for a reason, because the Lakers were up by 42 as that game was already done on that end. So interestingly enough, this is the ESPN betting lines. It's three and a half. So I said to Alec, I would imagine that the Pacers keep this within 10. It's going to be respectable. It's not going to be the complete blowout that it was against the Pelicans. But they say 3.5. And, and the over-under, get your points ready on this side, 241. So both teams on pace at least to score 120 points. They are expecting a track meet. And again, Alec, Indiana Pacers have shown us that's the way they like to play. And yeah, they play like it's a track meet. That's what they're comfortable with. Even though they're susceptible to high-scoring games, they're comfortable with high-scoring games. Yes, they are. So we should be a few minutes away here from uh, first tip-off. Again, there's been a lot of hockey finals. We had some early games. So here's the thing for me. You're in Dallas. You're playing the Golden Knights. You want to be able to make a little bit of a statement. And Vegas said, you could take your statement and shove it. They get a 6-1 victory over the Dallas Stars. Ouch. That's got to be a gut punch for Dallas. Just ouch is all I can say. Three goals in the first period for Vegas. Pretty much set the tone. And they all took it to cruise control there. So three games. All won by Vegas in this regular season series. Two of them by one score. One a shootout. One in overtime. Wow. So that means that they're already done as far as the regular season series. And Vegas took complete control of that. And it's kind of a shame because the Dallas Stars, I think, are a really good squad. You and I believe in them very well. Again, you had them in the Stanley Cup final, but you predicted that from the very beginning. So I will give you full marks if you get anywhere close to that. But I'm right there with you on the Stars. But you want to be able to try to get some form of uh, reaction against the Golden Knights, maybe pick up a win. But to not get anything there, I can't imagine that that feels too good because the Stars are a really good squad and the Golden Knights just took care of them. Yeah, the Golden Knights, of course, they play their games like they usually do, as we described them back at the first game of the regular season yeah. for them, business-like. Dallas, they still are up in the Stanley Cup questions and, and a conversation there. So, if you're the Stars, you, you may want to think about the next game. Probably take the tape from this game. Don't burn it. Be, study it. Review the mistakes that you've done here. And learn from them. Yeah, because right now, I'm just going to make this segue because the Red Wings' next opponent is the Stars. Right now, the Red Wings are playing with the injury with Dylan Larkin and JT Confer being on. I think they're playing seven forwards today. So I really don't see any way that they're going to be able to get this win over Ottawa today. And if that goes over to the Monday side, Dallas should have a really good chance to be able to get an extra two points in a Red Wings squad that feels like they're up and coming. So as Alex said, Think about everything that's going on, but focus on your next opponent, which is going to be Detroit, and I think they should be able to get it done. So we're probably a minute and a half away now from the first tip. So, Alec, do we still want to do this the same way? I'll take the first and third, and you take the second and fourth and close it? I'm comfortable with that, John. Okay. So make sure we get all of our ducks squared away here. Hopefully I don't have any issues on the... Uh, uh, Twitter space side, and when my phone gets closer to 10%, this time I'll plug it in so that way I don't uh, fade away here. <laughs> so it's a 3-1 lead now for Ottawa. Again, this is to be expected.
on that side. And again, for Ottawa, you had Claude Giroux, Vlad Tarasenko, and Dominic Kubelik, who started to percolate of late. He's got his fifth. Again, Patrick King got his first from Debrinket and Alex Lyon. So, no surprise, Debrinket helps King gets his first point. Alex Lyon, 17 out of 20. And on the other end, Jonas Corposalo, 17 out of 18. If he continues that strong playing goal, Ottawa will be able to make a turnaround. Here's the thing I heard on the Bell Sports Detroit side. 18 of the next 20 games for Ottawa is on the road. So this may be a toughest stretch for Ottawa as they'll be away from home for 18 of those 20 games. That's one of the longer road trips that they'll have. Maybe some planning for the downtown arena if they come to fruition there for Michael and Laura at the ownership. Yeah. But Ottawa, if they want to please their fans, they will have to get a winning stretch on the road. There's the thing for Ottawa. Again, even though they're 10 and 11, they got about five games in hand of everyone else. They just haven't played that many games on that side. So they just get a few wins together, start compiling a couple of those, they'll be right back to where they need to be. Maple Leafs have a 2 nothing lead over the Hot Preds. And on the other side, the Canadians have a two-goal lead on the Sabres. So we're going to get set here for first tip. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada at T-Mobile Arena. I'm alongside Alec Gava. I'll be taking the play-by-play. Drawn on, I'm your man on this side for the first and the third. Alec Nava will be taking the second and the fourth. As we are waiting here for the first ever NBA in-season tournament, NBA Cup is on the line. And does this count as another championship for LeBron James? I don't know, but certainly everybody wants to have this in their trophy case. Oh, for sure. Anyone would want this on the trophy case would want to take it here. Of course, those who are wanting to go for it, either small market teams, this this NBA in-season tournament would definitely present a case for small market teams as they would get a bigger chance. Sure. As D'Angelo Russell, good defense at the rim by Miles Turner. So again, that was somebody that we looked at between him and Anthony Davis. A three from the corner from Buddy Heald. And that's a great start for Rick Carlisle's squad. You leave Buddy Heald that open at any corner, he's going to fire the shot and knock it down. This, this was his game dating back to when he was a king in Sacramento. Cam Reddish. This time he was able to get the finish there over Miles Turner after being blocked. And this will be picked up now for the Indiana Pacers. Now we'll get the screen there from Turner. Heald has to turn around and leave it for Tyrese Halliburton. Heald, pump fake, great move, pocket pass. Obi, top into the rim. Omar Davis and scores. A smooth fake by Obi Toppin. Of course, you want to go fake out a big man, you have to adjust. I felt that Toppin should have had an and one because of the contact by AD. I guess that's what they called. Never mind. Again, I'll say this. This is just off the outstretch because I'm used to that Pacer blue. But I feel like this Pacer white in the mix of it almost looks like the New Orleans Pelicans uniforms. Almost. <laughs> you tell me. Yeah. Almost looks like it. I mean, the jerseys are similar. The, the colors are similar. That's what I was thinking. I was trying to see if I sounded crazy, but I guess that all looks with me on that side. So, D'Angelo Russell misses the first. 16.5 this year so far. Points per game, 48% shooting. 41 from deep, which is pretty good. And the Lakers are down 5-3 as the free throws are split. So, Tyrese Halliburton will be going left to right here in the Pacers in the first quarter. Get the screen from Miles Turner. Send it back. Here's a backdoor lob attempt. That would have been flashy, but LeBron's going to get credit for a steal. Cam Reddish almost lost it, and Davis will dunk it. 
Oh, here he comes, right down to jam it in. Of course he does, Anthony Davis. Miles Turner, great rebound there. Bruce Brown cutting off glass, and LBJ will clean up the pumpkin. He's going to go right to left, race down the timeline. Euro step off the front of the rim. Turner was right there to provide the defense again, so good job for Miles so far. But he healed. Top of the key three from 27 feet, tapped by Turner, and saved by D'Angelo. So he'll go right to left. Lakers and Indiana tied 5-5, and Davis gets the room service dime. It's 7-5 off the dunk. Back-to-back -back dunks for AD. Well, Miles Turner, we, we talk about him as Indiana's best defensive option. He's not slowing down on that department. He's been, basically been the best reliable big for them on both sides of the floor. Yes, he has, and LeBron James already has a pair of steals as he has a little bit of a snarl on his face. He's going to go to the line to shoot two, so LeBron already showing you the hands again, just like he did in the previous game. He is. So this will be an opportunity not shooting two, sideline out of bounds, my apologies, as D'Angelo Russell tried to get to the contact. They're going to wave this one off, so this is before the shot. It looked like he got poked in the eye, he wanted to act like it, but it's not. It'll be sideline out of bounds again, and we will start this with Laker ball. It's 9.37 left to go in the first. The Lakers are up 7-5 to five in this NBA Cup final. It's the Pacers and the Lakers in Las Vegas, Nevada. I thought D'Angelo Russell may have got a technical foul against him initially on the whistle because I thought that he may have sold this. Yeah. He may have, he might, I almost thought he was going to get called for floppy. LeBron. From 18, this is off the front of the rim, and it's skied and picked up by the Pacers and given to Tyrese Halliburton. So Benedict Matherin was the one that cleaned up the mess. Matherin's wide open, right wing side, missed assignment. Tried to get saved there, but Torian Prince gets a nice rebound over Turner. Leaves it to LBJ now as the King goes right to left. Gets down the lane, beautiful split of the defense, 9-5. to five. If you want to come at the King, enter at your own risk on trying to defend him. My goodness, Buddy healed now. Top of the key. Screen by Turner, now leaves it for Halliburton. Lakers defense has really translated so far, Alec. Long three for Tyrese. He's looking like Dame Lillard. It's 9-8. So not only is he dishing out passes like he's Chris Paul or Steve Nash, he's dishing out threes like, as you said, Damian Lillard from deep range. Amazing. D'Angelo Russell will make the floater from 11. Nobody picks him up there. As the Lakers back up by three. Here's a pass across. Matherin will send it. Halliburton. Everybody's touching the ball right now. Miles Turner will fake a pass. Live for Toppin right wing side. And Obi Toppin ties the game at 11 with a right wing three. What the Lakers do best is screen assists on their offensive plays. It seems the Pacers may have copy-pasted that formula. And there's no problem with that, Alec. If it works, you're going to do it on both sides. And Anthony Davis gets a nice soft lob at the rim there from D'Angelo Russell, 13-11, as it's Buddy Heald now. He'll make the extra pass. Miles Turner tries to go between his legs. He'll jump stop against Davis, and they're going to call the foul on AD. Well, he's going to pick up this foul. It's a nice lob from D'Lo to AD and him getting open. Normally you would see... Lobs turn to dunks, but AD was running out room to dunk, so he adjusts yeah. and makes the layup. Yeah, it was a nice adjust in midair. Benedict Matherin trying to put his head down. Good denial. D'Angelo Russell might have got a piece of it. 
Saved by LeBron and Anthony Davis as LeBron's got it now, number 23. Makes a bullet pass. Russell off the front of the rim too strong. Good rebound there by Cam Reddish. Anthony Davis can walk into a three if he wants to. He goes into a mid-range shot and knocks it down. So good work there from AD. It's 15-11. So while the Lakers, they get a mid-range shot from AD. They're one of the best teams in contested rebounds. And you're trying to contest a, a rebound, have one of the Lakers get you if you're a Lakers fan. That was a good work there for LeBron to try to draw the charge. I'm not sure that he got it, though, as they will put it the other way. They're showing Anthony Davis. Again, I can relate to what Alec was throwing down on that side. is a good contest there for the Lakers, be able to get those rebounds and play defense throughout this tournament. We've seen that. Again, the Lakers are playing their best ball. Both of these teams in this in-season tournament are 6-0. and Next loss is going to send one of them home. Next win's going to lift the trophy here. But again, the L.A. Lakers outside of this, as we talked about, 8-9 outside of the in-season tournament play, but 6-0 and right now. They've been outstanding, the Pacers, in the in-season tournament. Perhaps, if we go towards in-season tournaments, Rick Carlisle could use the tournament as a whole as motivation for the entire team and getting to take regular season games and win them down for the stretch. They have the Pistons next, the Bucks. The Wizards and the Timberwolves all on the road as their next four opponents. That sounds like, with the exception of the Bucks and Timberwolves, but they've already beaten the Bucks. It sounds like it's pretty winnable on that side to at least get two of the next three. And you know, if you're Rick Carlisle and you're going up against the Detroit Pistons on Monday, you don't want to uh, end their long losing streak. You want the Pistons to extend it to twenty. <laughs> oh boy, if I'm the I feel the same pain as you do, John, <laughs> looking back at the Houston Rockets' 20-game losing streak. Well, it was painful memories, and some more painful memories here. Well, at least there are the Lions and Red Wings. Here's the thing that was po pointed out by a local journalist when I went to Oakland University at uh, Rochester Hills, Michigan, for the Golden Grizzlies. That was a mid-major school, but posted out this tweet, my former teacher, and said, it was a 270 win percentage under Matt Millen and the Detroit Lions, which is awful. But under Troy Weaver and Tom Gorris right now, it's 220. My goodness. That does not sound like anything that resembles winning. No. And, we, and this makes us want to think about and appreciate more the Pistons of the 2000s and the Isaiah Thomas era. Yeah, because it was once a proud franchise in 89-90, just, just when I was two or three years old, so I wouldn't remember any of those because I was born in 87, but the 2004 era was right just before uh, my junior year in high school, which I loved that team very much. So three championships for the Pistons on that side and uh, five finals appearances, but nothing like that now, but depends on your age group. You would think the Pistons are a complete dumpster fire when in reality, as far as their organization is concerned, they're a proud franchise, but I'm not quite sure that Tom Gorse, the owner, really cares that much right now. And I've heard the term for Monty Williams, they're just calling him Money Williams right now, because he's in the middle of a 6-100, and 100. and let's say you move on and you fire Monty Williams. Well, that money's guaranteed, so I imagine he's not going anywhere anytime soon, especially not in year one. I wouldn't want to fire Monty Williams after one year. You bring him in from Phoenix and try to coach up this team yeah. and get to the point.
to their potential. Here, this is not the most ideal situation for Detroit, especially since you have a young core led by Kate Cunningham and Osar Thompson. You also have Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Stewart at the front court. This is less than ideal for a, a once-proud franchise. Yeah, it's a team I think that should be a heck of a lot better than they are. And again, we can make the segue here for the Indiana Pacers that are in this in-season final. They were predicted to finish dead last in the east part of the Central Division, but not right now. The way that this is going, Rick Carlisle has been able to take his coaching style that's more methodical and put it into high gear alongside Tyrese Halliburton, and it's worked out really well. So, Miles Turner was kind of frozen at the line mid-free throw, but he does knock down both. It's a 15-13 lead, and Anthony Davis, we talked about the importance of good starts. He's got one right now, 8 points and 4, 4 shooting. Davis thought about a 3, but he will dribble this down here for Miles Turner, and I'll leave it for LeBron. Trying to get around a couple screens, LeBron freight trains his way past Toppin. He made that look too easy. He's made a living out of those layups off the window. Absolutely. Halliburton now. Good defense there by LeBron. Pocket pass to Matherin. Tries to drive baseline. Torian Prince got an outstretched hand there. And it's been good defense so far, Alec, for the purple and gold. No matter where it is, it's right just in season tournament, they've elevated their defensive plate on the tournament and then some. So one dribble trying to finish this one off for Buddy Heald. That one's missed. Torian Prince going to Euro step down the lane. And are they going to count this one? And what for Torian? He challenged Miles Turner, one of the best defensive players in the league, one-on-one -on -one with the battle for one of the better defensive players in the league and one of the more underappreciated defensive players right now. I don't blame Turner for contesting this one. But in the end, what more can you do if you're Turner? You really can't do much more, Alec, on that set. Again, we talked about it in the previous recap and the broadcast and the story. Torian Prince and Austin Reeves pretty much combined for almost 40-something points in the last game. They've been getting secondary scoring, and it's worked out well for the Lakers right now. What's the response from Indiana? Miles Turner, right at Davis. Couple extra taps, saved by Obi Toppin. It's Buddy Heald now. Inside Turner, he throws it down. Good work for the Pacers there. That's just the second time they made a basket in the paint. The Lakers have 18 points thus far in the paint. The Pacers only have four. I did not expect that, especially with Miles Turner. Off English hand for D'Angelo, and he gets the tough finish. Wow. D'Angelo Russell, Eurostep layup, Kyrie Irving style. That was absolutely ridiculous. I think Miles Turner is going to get called for a travel. Really not much that Benedict Matherin can do there. If D'Angelo Russell can make that like Kyrie Irving, as Alex said, you pretty much just uh, shake your head and you move on to the next play. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's the only thing that you can do if you're Indiana going up against D'Angelo Russell. And it is not a travel by Miles Turner. It's an offensive foul. He's going to sit down for a moment or two. Isaiah Jackson comes in his place. Jared Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura in. For LeBron James and Cam Reddish. Thank you for that, Alec. Because we got uh, 5:40 left to go here in the first. The Lakers are up 22-15. Torian Prince gets doubled. Extra pass. Tried to find Davis. Good work there for the Pacers. They swallowed up the passing lane, and it's a turnover. Yeah, everything was crowded there. 
as this is going to be picked back up here for Obi Top and off the inbounds. Looks like ABC's in a little bit of trouble with their feed, but we're still here as it's topping. Now on the right wing side, why is he shooting this? My goodness, that was an awful shot from about 45 feet. It's D'Angelo Russell now, as he'll try to probe inside the lane, blocked by Turner. This game's getting out of control. Buddy Heal puts his head down. Here's a pass for Mather, blocked by Prince. But we get a foul on the floor. What's happening right now? Oh, we're getting a foul on a clean block by Torian Prince. I don't know if we're going to agree with this. If I'm Darvin Ham, I'm going to challenge this call. Absolutely. I'm not going to see a challenge, but it's been a block party. Absolutely, Alec. You nailed that, and you also nailed it in real time. I don't see anything wrong with Torian Prince there on Benedict Mather, but if I'm Obi Toppin, I'm going to make sure that Rick Carlisle at least gets some talking to Obi on that one, because I'm pretty sure he shot that from almost 40 feet. And yeah, that's a bad shot to take. It doesn't <laughs> matter if Jared Vanderbilt got some fingers on it, you should not be shooting that. No. So when we get back to the regular coverage outside of the end season, they showed back-to-backs on NBA TV with the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. They'll be playing the Lakers on Tuesday as it's 22-17 now as the Pacers trying to draw even closer, showing the double. Be able to get this across the timeline in time. Good extra ball movement there. And another block this time, Tyrese Halliburton on Torian Prince. Halliburton, jump pass in the air, top end. This is toward the left-wing corner. And Matherin couldn't find it over AD. 4.45 left to go here in this first as Anthony Davis has it now. Back down. A little bit more here for Anthony Davis trying to find his space in 15 feet. Falling away knocks it down. My goodness. That was Kobe Bryant-esque, John. Anthony Davis as he was falling down. Contact throughout the end one. Man, this looks amazing with every second that we watch. So here's the thing. We talked about LeBron James a lot, Alvick, and for good reason. We talked about Anthony Davis and the importance of meeting good starts. He ended up playing very well in that last game on Thursday. But right now, good starts. How about seven minutes of action, and he's got ten points and five of five shooting? This is the start you need if you're AD. We mentioned about that first half against New Orleans. This is the Anthony Davis we want to see in the first half. Carrying that third quarter play into the first quarter. Already 10 points. So a foul is going to be called on the floor. Aaron Neesmith is going to go to the line to be able to shoot two here. So the Pacers, again, we talked about their lack of points in the paint right now. But Alec, at least what we're seeing is, even though they haven't scored a lot in the paint, they're still going to the paint with regularity. It's a dangerous area of the court. You want to get to and get to, get to score points, you need to get to the paint and be able to knock down those shots. This puts the onus on Aaron Naismith, who I have, as the X factor for Indiana if they were to win this. I think that's a good call, but he's shown up pretty well throughout this tournament. Again, he's averaging 11 points over 54% shooting. I kind of wonder if the uh, Boston Celtics wish they had this version of Aaron Naismith again. Perhaps, because he's thrived under Rick Carlisle. Split the pair. There for Neesmith. It's 24-18. Indiana down by six. D'Angelo Russell. There's a floating pass right to Anthony Davis. And now they'll just reset it here from 16 feet. Anthony Davis, spin move. Lost the ball. Here's an outstretched pass. Toppin throws it down. Defense and offense. 
interception. Aaron Neesmith starting this play on the lost ball turnover by AD, converting into an OB top and slam dunk. Vanderbilt. He tries to tomahawk. Anthony Davis is there to clean it up. Boy, has he had a good first quarter. Again, it is contested rebounds that the Lakers thrive at. This is their strength, and they made sure of it again with Vanderbilt's missed dunk. And Anthony Davis right there on the spot. Outstretched arm, too. And Aaron Neesmith right down the throat of the Lakers' defense and one opportunity. Again, Vanderbilt was listed as day-to-day. -day. If he would have punched that one over the Indianapolis defense, I probably would have uh, lost my lid here on this side with excitement. 345 left to go in the first. This has been a great game so far. Again, this has been... I know the first quarter was close for the Pelicans against the Lakers, but I feel like this game might turn out to be everything we expected. I'm right there with you, John. The Pacers, we all know about the high-flying offense. The Lakers, we know, we know about their well-rounded unit, and they can make shots from anywhere. Austin Reeves right off the bench. He gets his first shot from LeBron and knocks it down for mid-range. Tyrese Halliburton jump stop. Be a couple extra passes here for Matherin. Obi Toppin try to set the screen. Benedict's got it now. Obi on the left wing side with 315. Spin move. Great defense from Rui. Has to force into a pass. They want to travel. Not going to get one as the pro Lakers crowd. Halliburton's got to let it go. Two seconds and he floats an air ball out of bounds. This will go to the Lakers. I wouldn't blame Halliburton because he had to be forced to shoot this one off. He had no other choice. He had to shoot that one off, but this was excellent defense yeah. by the Lakers in guarding every pacer out there on the court despite the great ball movement. They stayed with their guys, stood with them. Austin Reeves is going to draw the foul. I thought he was going to get credit for the layup, but I guess he'll be going to the line. Pacers and Rick Carlisle will take a timeout first, though. 2.58 left to go in this first quarter. The Lakers up five. It's 28-23. If I'm the Pacers and seeing that Austin Reeves is going up into the line now that he's shooting two, well, I would be sweating right now. I think you said it right, Alec, on that side because Austin Reeves has kind of been the Swiss Army knife, the utility man. Whether he comes off the bench or he starts, he's been able to be instant offense for the Los Angeles Lakers right now. And I think that he's not only had a great tournament, I think he's also shown himself, Alec, as a piece to uh, help this Lakers team going forward, not actually to just score points, but to score enough to help the Lakers maybe possibly get close to being a Final Four team again. Yeah, they made to the Final Four last year with Reeves being a big piece. And even though they lost Lonnie Walker in the offseason to Brooklyn, Cam Reddish is going in that role yeah. nicely in place of Walker, having been the I agree with you on that side. Torian Prince has also had a great tournament too. So I'll just be honest. I'll throw the names out here right now. So for D'Angelo Russell, Reddish, 
Torian Prince, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. You got your starters pretty much locked in. I don't think that that's going to change. Max Christie's been decent. Austin Reeves has been really good. And then you do have the mix between Roy Hachimura on that side and Jared Vanderbilt, who I really like. Christian Wood, I'd like to see him get a little bit more acclimated. But that's at least eight or nine guys. It's usually what NBA teams will run throughout the regular season. A little bit in the postseason, it gets shortened a little bit. But eight or nine that I think are dependable. But on that back end of the Lakers bench, we didn't see Demoy Hodge or Alex Fudge or maybe a little bit of Maxwell Lewis or Colin Castleton. I still think there might be one more piece they'd like to add on this bench, but so far, this Lakers roster, not just for what they've done in the tournament, but I really do like what they have right now. Yeah, me too, John. They can go 11 deep with their current lineup between the best guys, Reeves, Christie, Hachimura, Vanderbilt, Wood, Hayes, as you mentioned, and when they get Gabe Vincent back, yeah. they'll get, they, can, they can go 12 deep on this lineup. And shame on me. I keep seeing he's out of my notes and I'm looking at it, but I didn't mention Gabe Vincent because he wasn't playing. But Gabe Vincent uh, had a hell of a role there for the Miami Heat a couple of years ago in the finals. Yeah, last year when mm -hmm. they made it over to the finals, where he slotted in as the starting point guard when Tyra Hero broke his hand in the first round. And he hasn't looked back since. That year was an outstanding year for him. Not only him, but also Caleb Martin, who got starting minutes for them. Alternating between him and Kevin Love. Yeah, I think in a former life, if I was able to get everything all squared away, Alec and you and I could work sports together, it would be nice to be a fly in the Miami Heat's locker room as far as all their coordinators, because I want to know, honestly, and I think the rest of the NBA wants to know, how do they find all these guys, and how do they turn them into such good NBA players? <laughs> oh, the Spolstra way, yeah. if we can say something. The Pat Riley way also works as well. All these undrafted free agents, and they pick them up and then turn them into quality role players. Duncan Robinson, Max Drews, to name two. Yeah, definitely well said on that side. That's what they uh, signify as heat culture on that end, and I absolutely love it because that's what they've shown. So free throws were split 29-23 and 23 as the scores. The Lakers up by six. Here's a floater and a nice little make there for Benedict Matherin as now it's 29-25. Anthony Davis puts his head down. Good swat. Rui's got to pick this one up, the masked man. Leave it for LeBron. Haven't seen him shoot from distance yet. LeBron hasn't been absolutely ridiculous because Anthony Davis is carrying the brunt of the load. Rui tries to save it. Goes to Austin Reeves. Logo three. And this one's tapped in the air. Saved by Davis. He's not giving up on the play. And the Pacers have to foul as Davis gets poked in the eye. Look, I believe the Pacers don't have any choice because... They're, play, they're getting bullied by the Lakers. The Lakers brand of play throughout their franchise history, bully ball. That's been their strength, whether it be the Showtime Lakers of the 80s, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, or the Kobe and Pau Gasol Lakers. That's been their brand, and it's carrying on over to the LeBron and AD Lakers. Yes, it is. It's always nice to have a, a really good big man. Again, I kind of... I don't want to be disingenuous to the Celtics fans or the Minnesota Timberwolves fans, but I do think Anthony Davis in a high regard kind of reminds me of Kevin Garnett. That, that's an honest assessment of Anthony Davis. How the play styles are similar. Because it's, it's just nice to have that. You have the complimentary pieces there alongside it. 
And again, as we've talked about through this tournament, for Anthony Davis to be able to help out LeBron the way he's been playing, it's been really good. This ball gets tapped every which way, and I think this is going to be some changes on the floor here. It's going to be Pacers ball. Yeah, I think the Pacers, they want to go after this ball. So did the Lakers when it goes out of bounds. But you mentioned about Kevin Garnett. Always nice when you have complimentary pieces on the team around uh, under your star guys. Not only Garnett and Paul Pierce yeah. on the Celtics alongside Ray Allen, but every team. Absolutely, that's what you need to win. Buddy Heald, mid-range shot from 16, knocks it down again for as well as the Lakers are playing. It's worth saying again, 30-27 to 27 is the score. Lakers only up by three. As it's LeBron, give to Austin Reeves off the screen. They're going to call an off-ball screen against LeBron. It's a turnover. I feel this may be a 50-50 call because I believe there was some contact from the back of Austin Reeves, but I guess the call is the call. That's tough. Maybe they said LeBron was moving a little bit, but I agree with you, Alec. I think that was a little 50-50 there. It usually wouldn't go against the king, you would imagine. As this is being an opportunity for a three-pointer. Goes up the front of the rim, tapped, and this will be free throws upcoming for Isaiah Jackson. He's the backup center to Miles Turner tonight. As the, as the Pacers, they won't have their listed backup center, Jalen Smith. He's out of an injury, and he's being... He's still on the injury list. Rui Hachimura, it's, they're calling a loose ball foul. Not sure if it was loose ball or shooting foul. Nonetheless, it'll be the same result as the Lakers are in the penalty here. It'll be a 30-28 lead now for the Lakers. Again, they're showing some of the NBA countdown that'll be on next Friday. Going to be Lakers-Knicks on that side as we'll get back into the regular season action. It's kind of interesting the way that Adam Silver did this. Again, it's the first ever in-season tournament with the NBA Cup. So what they did was you have everybody be able to go through pool play. You got the money at the end of it. Now we're in the knockout round. We're in the final today alongside Alec and myself. But you had NBA games on other days, and when there was in-season tournament games, it was just the tournament games being played. So it allowed us to watch some of these games on TNT, maybe some small markets like the Indiana Pacers that you don't get a chance to see very often, and they've played quite well. And they have been. For a small market team, they've been finding themselves very successful and taking the most out of tournaments like these. So Austin Reeves, he's lost his dribble here is Rui. Will fall away from 12. That's a really difficult shot. And this is rebounded here for the Pacers. They got a chance to take the lead here if they can make this basket. 30-29. Jump stop. Here's a chance for Heald off the front of the rim. Austin Reeves. He got hit. He should be going to the line to shoot too. Buddy Heald's going to pick this one up. And seeing that both teams earned a bonus for the rest of this first quarter, Reeves should be able to go to the line because he may have gotten a little tripped up by the arm or hand of Heald on that last possession. And I want to know what we saw in that crowd shot. I do see a Santa Claus and an elf already in the crowd. It's in Las Vegas. Aren't they warm? <laughs> oh, you tell me. Because I, I only know about the weather out there in Vegas. But I haven't checked it just yet. I'd, I'd still think it's in the 80s right now on that side. It would kind of feel like the Texas weather at this point. Maybe in the 60s at this point because we are in December. But nonetheless, normally don't see that. But again, T-Mobile, the site of the NBA Cup. Austin Reeves will go ahead and make two as the Lakers 
Back up by three. A very good competitive first quarter. And Alec Nava is going to have fun with this second quarter. Hopefully we'll split this correctly where we all get a chance to get something competitive. Again, nothing Alec can do on the other side. It was just an absolute blowout there for the Pelicans. Gets blocked off the head of TJ McConnell. And this will go to Austin Reeves from Anthony Davis. Between his legs, Austin Reeves has to settle it back here for Roy Hachimura. We'll back this one way down. Isaiah Jackson trying to provide the defense. Austin Reeves. That's cash. What a ridiculous sequence. Oh, the shake and bake from Reeves. That's what they call him Hillbilly Colby about. <laughs> <laughs> we love this nickname, John, for Reeves. I will always love that nickname. Tap by Davis. Saved. Shot clock turned off. Down to two. Davis cross half court. Got to shoot it. Let's it go. Way off. And it's 34-29 after one. Lakers out in front. I, I, I'm just watching this last sequence from Reeves. That was smooth like butter. Jared Vanderbilt providing the block on the other side. They're absolutely swatting away that layup. Boy, this feels like Austin Carr. I can imagine saying, get that weak stuff out of here. And absolutely, because look at this. For Austin Reeves on the other side, that's a ridiculous make. And that was good defense there for the Pacers, but Austin Reeves, again, just four minutes. He just came off the bench, already has seven points to be the secondary lead scorer, but the big story right now, and for good reason, and it, it's been helpful. The, the Los Angeles Lakers being guided by AD, 6-10 for the field with 13 points. You, you said it, John. The Lakers being guided by AD, they need this for life after LeBron, wherever he plays with his son. Or if his son joins the Lakers, whichever way it goes, is for people to speculate about, but it's to be decided when Bronny enters the draft and gets drafted, if it goes there. And LeBron did say that he's not going to play on the day that Bronny makes his USC debut. Family first, he says. Absolutely. What I couldn't understand was they already said, again as you talked about, LeBron taking the day off. I know we live in a social media world, and you and I try to give the positivity, and not the negativity, because there's too much of that. But I can't believe there are some fans out there that say LeBron needs to play for the Lakers. Dude's in his 21st season. Let him go watch his son play in college. Yeah, at this stage of his career, even though LeBron is still adding to his long list of accolades, he has nothing left to prove, if we're being honest. Let him watch his son play. Yeah, I don't think there's anything other to be said than that at this point. I don't know how anybody could uh, take offense to it. So Alec will be taking the second quarter for this. Again, Obi Toppin leads the Pacers with seven points on three of four. I think that was a really entertaining first quarter. I think you're going to get much of that in the second right now. And honestly, if you would have told me that the Indiana Pacers would be in the in-season final over the Bucks or the Celtics, you know, I might have scratched my head. But I'm glad that we covered the Pacers on that side of it against the Celtics because, honestly, Alec, they've been the real deal right now. They have been throughout this tournament. They've much improved their play as the tournament went on and benefited off of this. But who would have, who would have known that Tyrese Halliburton would be limited just a three-pointer in all of the first quarter, even though he has three assists to begin with. Yeah, and again, the Pacers are only down five on that side. Another one I'll throw out to you. I thought it would be interesting to watch the pain matchup between Davis, 
and Miles Turner. And I said that Miles Turner can be very animal-like. He can provide a lot of help on defense. He's got pep in his step, and he's got speed. But right now, Miles Turner is losing that battle to Anthony Davis, who's got 13. Miles has four. And again, when we go back into this, we'll just throw this out there again, make sure we got paint points on that side. It's a 26-12 advantage. So again, just eight points outside of it in totality. They've all been paint points for the Lakers. Yeah, no three-pointers for L.A. Just the style that they like it, as they've been scoring the majority of their points with the paint. Though we have yet to see that. I'll take the second quarter from here, John. As immediately the Pacers missed a free, and then cover on the second chance off the window from mid-range and in for the first two of the second quarter. Alec Nava joined here by John Ott. The Lakers lead 34-31. LeBron sends it to the inside. Jackson Hayes off the bench. Needs it to LeBron for three. This one's short. He's made three straight three-pointers in the second quarter. Two of them from the logo. APS 13. On the other side, here comes Indy. McConnell will fire from the free-throw line. That's another make. Here come the Pacers. Good work there for the Pacers to be able to start here, see what they can do. They're only down three. One of the best backup point guards in the NBA, as Mike Green noted. We do have a foul here. This one's going to go against McConnell. And with 11-0-3 left in the second. So McConnell going to pick one up again for Andrew Nemard on the other side. Again, he's not available. So they need to make sure that TJ be able to keep his fouls in order, Alec, here, because Tyrese Halliburton otherwise will have to play a ton of minutes. And here's LeBron with shake and bake. The rebound kept in by the Lakers. Is Austin Reese going in? Hold the layup. Here comes Hillbilly Kobe. Man, my goodness. Austin Reeves has been able to fight his way through it and make a great move at the rim. Not just a three-point shooter. And not just a three-point shooter. He can make those crafty moves. Inside pass from Christie to LeBron. Wow, what a pass from Max Christie. Then King converts it. It's good to see LeBron start to pick it up a little bit on that side. You would expect it because Anthony Davis led that first. That's a great pocket pass. All the way from the sophomore guard. And this pass knocked away by Christie. He comes in on the offensive side fighting the king. And now the defensive side to strip away that pass while it goes out of bounds. This Lakers defense right now, we've talked about it throughout this tournament. If there's any way that they can bottle this up... When they get back into the regular play, that would be perfect because Darvin Ham's got to be happy with what he sees. Of course he does, even though they gave it the last three-point shot through the corner to Aaron Neesmith on a set play by McConnell on the inbound. The Lakers are right back. Reeves to LeBron. LeBron fights his way in, and they're the first to 40. Can't stop LeBron when he goes to the lane. No can do. No matter how good of a defense as it play, here comes McConnell the other side. Well defended by Reddish, but McConnell will shoot too. So good work there for C.J. Bell to fight to the rim again. As we said, his minutes are going to be very important. LeBron's got eight points on four of eight. So immediately he's got the Lakers going here after Anthony Davis. We'll probably get some time to get some rest, so good balanced scoring here. And this game's been fun so far, Alec. Yeah, fun in, a, in the best ways possible. Mm -hmm. We expect this game to have a little bit of everything and provided us with a little bit of everything. Miles Turner will check back in after McConnell made the first one. Isaiah Jackson's going to sub out. 
Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson was fine for his bench minutes so far right now, but I think, to be honest, Indiana's going to need a little bit more for Miles here. Yeah, he's only, he's only had four points and clearly losing the board battle with, with Anthony Davis and the paint battle with him as Indiana, 10 for 11 from the line, reads, goes right down for the left lane, and the layup. He beats out TJ McConnell and gets the Lakers back up by four. Man, what can Austin Reeves do right now? He feels like he's been everywhere. He has been. Of course, no matter if he's starting or off the bench, he has been everywhere. And a key face for the Lakers. Here's LeBron after the Bruce Brown miss. A hook. And the second chance, he knocks it down. Gets his own rebound and converts it. How do you do, King? Indy timeout. Man, oh man, you put Miles Turner back on the floor, he gets beaten by LeBron there. Rick Carlisle beside himself as he takes a timeout. Yeah, and something to note, Rick Carlisle was the coach for the Dallas Mavericks when yes. his team went up against LeBron in the NBA Finals in 2011. Carlisle was a little familiar with LeBron and his playing Memphis back then. In 2011, you remember that, so... They know that LeBron drives left. Back then, Carlisle and then owner Mark Cuban of the Mavericks said they wanted to force him to go right because LeBron does his best driving left. Those are the inside plays and information that Alec can bring to us on that side, but again, it's well known. As you said, with Rick Carlisle, you would know the ins and outs. It's probably another reason why he was so upset and had to force a timeout there. <laughs> and perhaps because... LeBron, he was driving left. Pay attention to which direction he drives. So if you want to have him get less less success here, say LeBron, you would have to force him to drive right. Absolutely. That's all about strategies. Everybody likes to be able to use their offhands. They got their own plays, and they're talented. But if you're going to be able to force the miss, that's what you need to be able to do. We'll see if the Pacers can make the adjustment. Right now, I am looking during the commercial break. Again, I'm not really worried about the Rangers nonetheless, but the Capitals able to bounce back after a tough one against the Stars. They're up 4 nothing against the Rangers. I am surprised, John, that the Rangers are down 4 nothing to Washington. We bought that the Rangers of how they've been up in this Eastern Conference. They'd be running away with the East and the Metro Division, or not exactly the East because they have competition to Bruins. Sure. But... They may be due for a game like this. Don't sweat it, Rangers. There's always next game to look forward to. Absolutely. That's what they got to think of. Again, for the Capitals, they're just trying to be able to get by. I just want to see right now, and the reason I say it that way is because Ovechkin hasn't found his way too many times on the goal scoring sheet, and he hasn't today. They had Nicholas Sabay-Cubell, Tom Wilson, who has been hot for whatever reason. I know he had a hat trick not that long ago. Anthony Mantha, and then Sonny Milano in the first. I don't know what's going on with Tom Wilson and having nine goals on the year, but the Capitals will take it. Yeah, any way they can. Even though Alex Ovechkin, he's not scoring. When he's not scoring, you want him to be a playmaker. I believe that's the way that Spencer Carberry is having him be in his first year at the helm with Washington. 
Yeah, you got to be able to make the adjustments there and make an impact even when you're not scoring. And Alex Ovechkin, we know that he's smart enough to be able to do all that, even at the advantage. age. He's got his one title against the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe that's all he's ever going to get, but we do want to see him break that goal-scoring record at some point. Hopefully Alex can find a way to get maybe you know, 20, 25 goals this year and then find a way to improve as the seasons go forward. Because I know it's not his last year in the NHL or anything, but I am a little shocked at the fact that the numbers have been so low. And this has been a shocker. We would expect that he would get at least 40 on the year. This doesn't feel like the case with the pace that he's going. So we're right back here. Three, more than three minutes gone here in the second quarter. Timothy Chavalet is in the building. He's the principal actor of the upcoming movie Wonka. Pacers miss the free, but they get the offensive board. Neesmith from the top of the key, hands off for Hill. Hill almost stripped by Reddish, goes inside for Turner. Turner, the adjustment, doesn't get it to falls and bounced off the rim three times. And here's Reeves moving up the left side of the court. Reeves, shaking big on Hill, inside for the king. The king, to the inside, and rolls around and in. Immediately after the Pacer timeout, the king. Man, right out of this timeout, this ball has been battled between both teams, and what a spin move by LeBron off glass. And just after Miles Turner missed free, here's the Lakers again. Reeves kicked out for Christie, fakes out McConnell to the inside for Reeves. Gets Turner to fake out on it. Reeves goes back out beyond the arc, defended by Turner. Has LeBron to his left, five to shoot. Reeves goes to the inside. Oh, someone get a bat! Well, but he misses it. But here come the Pacers with McConnell getting this rebound. Or Turner. To the inside, here's McConnell. McConnell, well defended by Reddish. Jackson Ace, first to the ball on this rebound. So it's been misses back and forth after the LeBron layup. But no, no sweat on the Lakers. They've been firing on offense and defense just the way they like it. Reeves to the right for the King. Here's LeBron. To the inside, watched by Hill. LeBron. Takes a double team and got stripped loose. Here comes Bruce Brown. Give it go for McConnell. Brown finishes the layup. You need to start seeing that secondary scoring for the Pacers. Good work there. Of course, the Pacers with a great offense. They need more of this if they want to get right back in the, La in the Lakers. Oh, this pass intended for LeBron. He couldn't handle a hot potato. Here's McConnell over to the left side. Give it go. Hill doesn't shoot it. Brown goes inside for Turner. It was watched by Hayes and Turner off the backboard. It stays out. LeBron the rebound. Give and go for Reeves to the right side. And Reeves will take this across. 16 and Reeves will go to the inside. Draws the contact. He'll shoot too. I will say this. Even though Indiana, they haven't been able to score what they've, what they've liked against the Lakers right now. The Lakers, you noticed, Alec, they've been very set in their defenses. They are keeping pace with the Pacers right now, staying in front of them and making life difficult. And even though the Pacers, the stat sheet won't show up for them in terms of defense, they're still making life for the Lakers difficult in terms of, of offensive play styles. You need to find ways to get the scoring going, and they've been doing that as the first free throw is made. We get wholesale changes LeBron, Hayes, and Max Christie will sit down. AD, D'Lo, and Torian Prince come in. I think that was a good design there for Darvin Hand to be able to give that time for LeBron to get some points. And Anthony Davis, I guess we'll just see if he can get right back to work in this game because he's been good. Hey, you can say he would be 
if the Lakers hold on to this, you would, you could make the argument that he's the man at the match. Yeah. Reeves makes both of them. 48-40, the Lakers lead, and Reeves is up to 13, almost as much as AD had in the first quarter alone. Here is Halley. Halley finds an open OB Toppin, but Chris closes in that lane quickly. Toppin moves left side, finds Turner. Turner to the rim. Turner messed up by Prince. Stripped, but he's a but there's a foul on Prince. Again, get a chance to be all set there for the Lakers. Make sure that the Pacers can't get going. Any fast breaks opportunities, they meet them right at the rim. It's been great defense right now. And uh, if they can keep this up, I'm not going to say laugh for Alec on that side, but the Lakers can take control of this game. Yeah, they've been taking control of this game, not only on offense, but also on defense, locking down the Pacers. And this foul is actually drawn by Neesmith and not Turner. Neesmith had the first free throw to fall off the rim, off the backboard, and in. This may be seen commonly, but an unconventional style of making free throw. No doubt about it, but the Pacers now will be only down 48-42 with 6.15 left to go in the half. Oh, don't jinx it for me, John, because I haven't seen the second free throw yet. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't jinx anything. Well, <laughs> so that was a six-point game. 6.12 to go here, second quarter. Alec Nava, John, I here with you. John will take the play-by-play -play for the third. I'll be back here for the fourth on the play-by-play. Running around is Russell. Off for AD. And this one is short on the mid-range shot. Hallie moves it up. Hallie Vernon. One-on-one on Russell. And an open for even the left side. Come on! OB Toppin from Hallie Burton. Hallie Love. Not so far away from Cali Love. No doubt, Alec, on that side. And OB Toppin's really worked on his three-point game since being a member of the Knicks. I like it. Yeah. Much improved there on the three-point game as AD has his way on the Pacers. Old-school bully ball at his finest. He's up to 15. Turner on the other side sets the screen on Neesmith. Neesmith from mid-range. The hook shot is short. And AD, easy rebound as it came straight to his hands. On the right side, this is Reddish. Goes to AD, and he has all day. There's a new meaning for AD, and that means all day. Buckets every day. Another timeout used by the Pacers. Again, I understand it for Rick Carlisle. Again, it's red carpet season for Anthony Davis. He's absolutely dominating in the paint. But when you give him open layups, it just makes it even worse. you got to take a timeout there. And whenever you're giving up these open looks for Davis, you, you need to take a timeout. There's no other way around this if you're Rick Carlisle, the former head coach of the Mavericks. I know Carlisle has taken what he learned during his time with the Mavs, not only in the Dirk Nowitzki era, but also the Luka Doncic era, and took it onto Indiana, with establishing a new star point guard in Tyrese Halley Burton, the same way that was done with Luka. Again, I want to say this too, and I'm going to say this in all honesty. I thought that Miles Turner would be able to play some good defense there on Anthony Davis, but I like the aggressiveness from AD right now, and maybe I think Anthony Davis knows this, because I certainly know that we both do, because we're watching this broadcast and trying to relate to everybody. He just can't guard Davis right now, and maybe there isn't anybody on the Pacers that can handle AD. No, it feels that way. For, for as much as we talk about Miles Turner on the defensive side, he's a minus 12, and AD is having his way with Turner. Well, not only AD... But also LeBron. 
They have 17 and 12 points thus far in this game. And the, and the Lakers can hold this up. We could see an in-season tournament MVP, perhaps for LeBron. But if the Pacers storm back, we can see Howie winning the MVP for in-season tournaments. Yeah, I would agree with you completely on that side. Again, it just really surprises me the amount of power, the type of overpowering that they got. Because ESPN, before went to commercial, went to a great camera shot against Davis and Turner. I mean, he just pushed him right out of the way to be able to go ahead and get the layup. And I understand Miles Turner is pretty powerful himself. So Lakers are keying in right, in right, right now in on that. And Rick Carlisle, he took the time off for good reason. He's got to find a way, whatever rotations, whatever they can use, to try to stop the Lakers from scoring in the paint. I'm going to go ahead and just click on the team stats real quick as we're in the middle of our break. Again, the Lakers have 52 points and the Pacers have 45. But the Lakers, 52 points, 42 of them have been inside the paint. Ridiculous. That's the, that's the big stat line for the Lakers. 42 of their points from inside the, or was it 44 of them from inside the paint, and they don't even have a three-point basket to account for it after, after they had three straight from LeBron and three straight possessions with one of them. It would have been a natural hat-trick of yeah. three-pointers for LeBron had it not been for Jose Alvarado. But nonetheless, 52 points without a three-pointer, that's when you're doing things correctly and playing your style of game to success. Yeah, and again, that makes makes it hard to believe for me that the Pacers, for as good as they can play offensively, if they can't find an answer for the Lakers in the paint, it's pretty point-blank simple. They're going to have a tough time winning this game. So Alec Nava is going to be taking over here in the final about five minutes or so, and we'll see what happens. Here, here we go. Final 454 of the second quarter as we get played onwards. Halle Burton only has three points. Here comes Toppin. Finds Bruce Brown rejected at the rim. Anthony Davis says, meet me at the rack as he takes his cross half court. D'Lo from the logo. He's surveyed and looking at his options. As Chris to his left, AD sets a screen on Maverick. Finds AD, doesn't shoot the free. He's looking for options. There's Chris there. Finds it for D'Lo. D'Lo has to get it off. And this nearly got there. Pacers trying to pick up this ball, which they do. Bruce Brown takes it across. Brown, match one-on-one with Prince. And a little fake from Howie goes to the inside. Howie to lay up. Responding right in AD's face. It's a five-point game. As you said, they know that they need the points from their Pacer guard right now. See if he can get it going. Yeah, just the fifth point of the night for Howie Byrne. The fourth and fifth. D'Lo goes left. Goes to the paint. D'Lo fakes out Maffron. Airballs the mid-range shot. The Pacers pick it up. Going from left to right and take it across. Here's a deep pass for Bruce Brown. Wide open free. He misses that one. AD to rebound with 346. He takes it on to the right side. Watched by Turner. Double team. Maffron joins in. And D'Lo almost misfired on the pass to Prince. Prince handles it. Right back for D'Lo. He fires it. And off the near rim. Some misses back and forth after the alley layup. He takes it on across. To the paint. Alley further rejected, but there's a foul beforehand. So I know this goes back about a minute, but I want to talk about this really quickly as Roy Hachimura picks up the shooting foul. Anthony Davis did get the block inside before that. 
He went all the way to the right wing side to guard the three, then he ran in the paint to be able to block Miles Turner. He is playing out of his mind right now and showing you his complete showcase of skills. Yeah, not only on the defensive side, he's also displayed that on the offensive end. He's been one of the league's best defensive forwards throughout his time getting back yeah. to New Orleans, and he had himself a revenge game against the Pelicans in that third quarter. Well, more like revenge quarter. LeBron James is going to get set to check back in with 327 left at the half. And right back after Bruce Brown checks out, it's Aaron Neesmith back in. So Howie Burnham makes both. It's a 52-49 ball game. An offensive foul on LeBron. Not typical of him to commit that, but he already has three fouls. Really? On that side for LeBron. I mean, he's stuck with the hands up in the air, and they're going to call that against the other way. And LeBron, I mean... Dare I say, for as good as he's been throughout this tournament, if it isn't for Anthony Davis right now, Lakers probably don't have the lead. If it wasn't, and the Lakers wouldn't be in this position, you can say. And LeBron, he's complaining about that, but he has no argument. He was bear-hugging Aaron <laughs> Neesmith as the Lakers called timeout. He was stuck in a lock. He couldn't get out Aaron Neesmith. and said, hey, I got his arms tied up here. LeBron really upset as we get some camera shots there. Darvin Ann takes the timeout, and again, don't look now. Pacers only down three. It's, it's upsetting that we won't see these two teams play again until March of next year. In a span of five days, they'll first play at L.A. on the 24th and then Indy on the 29th. It's a shame that we won't see them for this long. You know what, honestly? I know the in-season tournament and the NBA Cup, as fun as this has been, and I've loved doing these games with you, Alec. I appreciate you reaching out. I don't know if anyone would call this like an NBA Finals kind of vibe, but at least it's nice to see just before Christmas here a few weeks that we get some type of games that get intensity and really mean something. And you're right, at least for the Pacers, they've showcased to the world here for anybody that's watching that this team's pretty legit on that side. And the Lakers, they've also shown you some championship pedigree and some defensive skills and some intensity. I really liked what we've got here in this inaugural season. Again, as I've told you, I've only been able to cover most of the uh, knockout games with you, with the exception of a Clippers game on that side. But nonetheless, this has been good work for Madam Silver and company, and I hope that it continues. Perhaps we can discuss how best an ideal NHL in-season tournament could look like, because mm -hmm. Bleach Report discussed that earlier. And perhaps if Gary Bettman and company could follow suit at the hockey side, the success of the NBA in-season tournament, as we can catch the NHL's attention as we get right back into action. Bandit Mafford is set to inbound this after the offensive foul from LeBron. He gets it to Neesmith. Now Howie, watched by Jared Vanderbilt, who's back in this game with 3.13 left in the second. Howie goes to the left side, speeds right past Vanderbilt, lost the ball, and here come the Lakers. Vando to Delo! Yes, sir! Vando went from defense to offense. And the Lakers strike right back like thunder. Man, I love it on that side. You get the steal, you turn it into offense. Great pass there. Oh, and Matt may have been fouled beyond the arc. He's going to shoot three shots as, as LeBron sits down. He's running into Ooh. foul trouble here in this first half. Not ideal for the King. Man, Benedict Matherin got hit down pretty hard, but at least he popped back up. And as you said, LeBron James got to sit with three fouls right now. He's the second leading scorer behind Davis. But this is an opportunity right now for the Indiana Pacers to continue to claw their way back. 
Yeah, they've been very automatic throwing the free throw line. They, as Mapper makes the first one, that puts them up to 15 of 16 from the line with the only miss by Aaron Neesmith. That's exactly what you got to do, Alec, if you want to get back into this game. Be automatic at the charity strike. So, again, here's Mafferin, 2 for 2 now. We get some substitutions, or do we have some substitutions? It was Cam Reddish drawing the shooting foul. Does Mafferin go for the hat trick? And throw the hats, 3 for 3 from the line. Starting up is D'Lo, tight defense from Neesmith. D'Lo goes back at the logo. That's actually Mafferin on defense, not Neesmith, inside for AD. AD looks to attend to shoot. Goes inside, fakes out a man. Does he draw something? No, he doesn't. Miles Turner to rebound after the miss. And the Pacers go left to right. And here's an open free. Nice look. And they don't convert. It was a deep free. But they need perhaps a step forward as he were to make that one. It was a good look. Don't blame them. Here come the Lakers. Russell from the top of the key. Set screen from AD. Russell goes inside. Jacob Baker, the left corner of the free throw line, doesn't shoot it. Right through, but a foul called, a loose ball from Turner. So Toppin, as you said, did get a good look from the right wing side. He probably could have stepped in if he wanted to, but I do want to highlight one other play there for the Pacers. They had an opportunity where Anthony Davis touched the ball inside from eight feet, and what did the Pacers do? They triple teamed him right at the rim to make sure he couldn't get anything going right now. They made the adjustment there on defense. Hopefully they can continue to do so. So let's raise the question at halftime. What countermeasures is Darvin Ham going to take to adjust to the double teams, the triple teams that AD is drawing? Because they've been focusing on LeBron now that he's has three fouls. D'Lo to the rack. He knocks it off the backboard and in. Lakers by four, 56-52. And to that point, Alec, you might just see more from Austin Reeves. Yeah, he's checked in and placed... And Isaiah Jackson to the rack, gets it to fall, rolling around and right inside. Came in in place of Miles Turner, going well with Turner on the bench. D'Lo now, D'Lo, tight defense from Hallie, but Davis Reeves, he's a, to the right here's Reeves. The very guy that we're talking about who's taking the place of Jared Vanderbilt. Reeves, and, a, and Brad, was this an illegal screen by AD? Reeves gets it to fall, but did they miss an illegal screen by AD? It's a goaltending violation. I just saw the play that you're talking about now in question, Alec, and I think that'd be very close. I'd be leaning towards 70-30 on a legal screen for sure. 70-30, we'll note that down, John. <laughs> it's a, and the Pacers may be shaking their heads about that one. Howie, kicked out. Here is Jackson. Jackson on the hook. That's a fall. Isaiah Jackson. Redemption after the goal 10. Is Isaiah Jackson going to be the X-Factor? My goodness. Oh, that's what we want to know. We talk about Neesmith being the X-Factor, and he has a viable case in the final minute. Reeves fakes, takes? Yes, sir. How about Austin Reeves with 56 left in the half? Again, I feel good to say that he was going to be another one of the ones that uh, brought momentum, but what a fake that was. And what a block from Anthony Davis with 46 seconds left. Obi Toppin's going to foul an AD. Is saying, what just happened? We don't know what's happened. We just want to know what's happened after my block. 
They're going to call. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with Obi Toppin unless they're calling a uh, tech as far as running his mouth because maybe he got upset being blocked by Anthony Davis. But once again, Anthony Davis is everywhere. It's a good pocket pass, but didn't see Anthony Davis behind him, did Obi Toppin. He got swatted, and Rick Carlisle was upset. And he just coming in out of nowhere. <laughs> well, whatever way you can say between that or Zoom, if you remember the little speech yes. from yep. Yep. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Austin Reeves makes the free throw. They rule it a transition take foul on top of it. That's a cheap one to pick up on that. You don't want that because Austin Reeves is automatic, so that's a point lost. 61-56 with 46 seconds left to go in the second. So it was a, basically a free point that Reeves made because he has money on that spot. He want Reeves to take the shots at the free throw line, and that miss, a rare one from Reeves. No, they're going to count it. It looked like that he missed it initially, and a steal or not. A steal or not. Aaron Neesmith was the first to it, but maybe some contact by Cam Reddish and Darvin and can't believe it. Uh, wow, that was very sloppy there for the Indiana Pacers. They did have somebody out there in front and there for Cam Reddish. But, I mean, that's about as uh, shovel pass as you could ever ask for. How about throw it right at the chest and get some distance there and don't make it so sloppy off the inbound? There's no reason for it. Yeah, no reason to make it a sloppy pass on the inbound. No reason for it at all. Even though Neesmith is going to the line... Even, even though the Reddish just called for the foul, that's a lazy pass by yes. the Pacers on the inbound. Yeah, you can't afford to do that, especially since you already gave up a technical free throw on the other side that allow Austin Reeves to get a free throw. You don't want to give up some more points. I think the Pacers are pretty fortunate to go to the line. Yeah, even, even when LeBron is in foul trouble, you still have Austin Reeves on the bench, and, he, and Austin Reeves coming off the bench... And he has all the bench points, all 20 of them. That is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if I really expected Austin Reeves to be this good, but I think his game has really grown as he stayed with the Lakers. Exponentially, ever since his rookie season in 2022, he has grown into a much bigger role, even got starting minutes for them in the playoffs. And Reeves, he drew the contact with Aaron Neesmith, who made both free throws on the other side. So, or do we have free throws coming for Reeves? Yes, we will. He's going to take two more. And by the looks of it, he should make these two. Not a smart foul there for Neesmith. He just bumps right into Austin Reeves and knocks him over. Yeah, this is never a good sign. Austin Reeves, he's the best shooter off the bench for the Lakers. Not only inside the lane, but also from three-point in the land. Yeah, he's really turned himself into a complete offensive player. I understand nobody's going to be perfect. I'm sure there's going to be some defensive liability there. But for right now, what I see from Austin Reeves, as far as his offensive game out, like he's checked every box. And it presents me safe to say that he's playing the game of his life. He sinks both free throws. He has 22 in this first half, the most he has had in any half of his NBA career. I feel like it's been a quiet 22 as well. He's been ridiculous. Yeah, all over the court. So now we get a three-quarter second difference between shot clock and game clock. Pacers have the last shot. Howie moving around. He's watched by Prince. Howie running moves to the left side. Tight defense of Vanderbilt. 
as high defense Edler is a lay-in, and that goes out, and Turner does not get the last shot out, or Jackson, excuse me, does not make it in. Everyone is in the chaos on this last possession. The Pacers, they've been trying to get some arguments, and a huddle-up from the referees in these last moments. This half is not over. Yeah, I think that you're right, Alec. They're going to talk through it and uh, reset it again. The ESPN score clock's all messed up, but I think we will go to the uh, headsets here and see if the Pacers get some type of free throws. Yeah, they call a foul, and AD is trying to knock the ball loose. I, I don't know if there's something. Did AD tap the, tap the glass or something? The Lakers say no basket, no foul. This, this is going to be so the only thing I saw, because I just saw the replay live, Alec, on the outside, is Anthony Davis tapped the glass, but he was nowhere near the basketball. I'm not really sure what the Pacers are arguing, to be honest with you. So here's the call. Point five seconds on the game clock is what they reset it to. It's a shooting foul on Torian Prince, and the Pacers will get two shots from Isaiah Jackson, the ruling from David Goofrey, our crew chief, and Tyler Ford, a referee, Mitch Irvin, our umpire. I hope they show that replay again, because I'd like to see Torian Prince. Honestly, I didn't really see him that well in the replay. Yeah, we didn't know where the shooting foul was from Prince. Honestly, we don't even, we don't even know where the foul even was as Jackson makes the first one. I mean, was there something that we missed? Because it seems like it's... It must have been it, but it's big points here for the Indiana Pacers, at least. And perhaps Jackson made the answer to what Prince has provided for the Lakers. Uh, the free point sh not exactly the three-point shooting, as he is two for three from inside the, inside the paint, and now he's five for four for four from the free throw line. The Lakers get one last shot. This is actually a practice shot from half-court if you were to take that in any situation. It falls short, but would have been nice to see a half-court shot, no matter if it is after the buzzer or before the buzzer, as the Lakers lead 65-60 at halftime. Well, again, those free throws at least kept the quarter even for the Indiana Pacers. It was a 31-31 quarter, as Alex said, 65-60 lead for the Lakers as we go to half. Here's the thing. Put out your bingo cards, because we can play a game here. You could tell me who's the leading scorer for the Los Angeles Lakers. Would you have expected it to be Austin Reeves? 7 of 9 shooting, 8 of 9 from the line for 22 points. And on the other side, would you have expected, uh, let's see, almost 19 bench points from Aaron Smith and Isaiah Jackson. They've outscored uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who only has 7. That's outstanding. Because normally we would expect Hallie Burton leading the way for the Pacers with seven points. He also has six assists, but Hallie Burton has been mostly quieted on offense. Mm -hmm. Not the way that he wants to go, but he has some help in Aaron Neesmith, who has 11, and Obi Toppin, who has 10, plus two three-pointers in this game for Obi. And then you would expect Ebony Davis having 17. That's to be expected on a first half. At most, of 11 rebounds and two blocks. Reeves with 22 off the bench, that shows, man, he's been playing the game of his life very quietly. 
Yeah, again, it's the most points that he's ever had in a half on that side for Austin Reeves. And again, I'll just restate this. 22 points, 7-9 shooting, has not made a 3, but 8-9 of nine from the line. Again, he is the Laker that has gone to the line the most. Again, 1-3 for three for Davis, 1-1 one for, one for Prince, 1-2 for two for Russell. So Austin Reeves, he's a designated free throw man. He's been able to get the job done with 22 points. And I know most of the work, as I said, has been from the line. But I was pretty impressed with Austin Reeves, Alec, on the way that he was able to fight through contact, use his dribble, and get to the lane. And he's been taking it up on his own and going to the lane through tough contact. He's not afraid to shoot the free throws and not afraid to get the tough buckets. It's what you, it's what you have on a gritty basketball player like Austin Reeves. In his second full year with the team coming out of the U of Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been no, more notable as a football school, but they are a basketball school as they got Reeves coming out from there. Hey, if uh, the Lakers do win the NBA Cup, you can make a uh, small statue there for the legend in Austin Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Because uh, he's really been that good. I've been impressed on that side for the Lakers and what a weapon he can be. And again, for Davis and James, you know that they love it. Davis has 17 on 8 of 13 and 11 rebounds. He's been really good in the paint. And LeBron... He's done well, 6 of 11 shooting for 12 points. He's got 5 rebounds and 2 steals, but the problem for LBJ is he's got 3 uh, fouls. He can't afford to pick up any more here, especially when they start the third quarter. And you do not want that here to Lakers. It's no secret he's the third best player on the court, and you need him for as many minutes as you can get. But because he's running himself into free throw trouble, they've been forced to sit in for a long stretch of time, and perhaps that may have been hindering them from reaching their full potential. He's only played 14 minutes because of that. And we would expect, at least in the second half, for LeBron, he'd be smart enough to keep himself out of foul trouble, I would imagine. But it's going to be extended minutes here for LeBron, and that's probably good because he got a nice long break against the Pelicans. He didn't play any of the fourth quarter. In just 23 minutes, because he's been that good in the most efficient 30-point night in his NBA career in true shooting percentage terms, 96% at least. So let's talk about one thing at least before we transition to the rest of our scoreboard. Again, for the LA Lakers, they're able to have a 65-60 lead, and there's been some statistical oddities. The Lakers have this lead despite being 0 of 6 from three-point land. They're 5 of 17 on the Pacers. Pacers only down five, but they're shooting just 36%. 17 of 47. The Lakers are 27 of 49. Again, some of those sound a little crazy, but here's where it gets a little ridiculous. The Lakers are plus 30 and points in the paint, 52 to 22. The Lakers, they thrive on pick and rolls. That's their style of game, not only with the pick and roll, but in contested rebounds where they like to clean up their game. That's, that's also their pedigree. The Pacers, they, they want to go run-and-gun offensive style, three-point shooting, and they've been a better team at the three-point department. And by the way, Buffalo and Montreal, they're going to a shootout. If you want to go ahead and uh, pick that one up, I'm just going to go ahead and type some notes here and keep us updated. I'll be right back. Right, so by the way, it's the first shootout that the Sabres are playing in the regular season. 
Montreal is 2-2 two and two this year. Tage Thompson, no doubt, is the first shooter. And Caden Primo rejects him. So the left pad of Primo, this young goaltender for Montreal, able to get this first save of the shootout as Thompson tried a double move on Primo, stayed with him. Nick Suzuki, the first guy up for Montreal, he's their captain. He moves on down the middle, now the left side. Suzuki, he's going to move into the slot now. Suzuki, several moves, poke free by Devon Levi. Levi stayed with him the entire way, not fooled out a single bit by the Canadiens captain. This rookie for the Sabres. Coming out of Northeastern University as one of the top goaltenders in the NCAA, proving his work, showing that the Sam Reinhardt trade was not all for naught. Victor Olofsson, the second shooter for Buffalo. Olofsson, to the net, he scores! Olofsson, filthy, smooth, gimme, 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 Abba style. You want to be able to get that extra point if you're Buffalo, that's good work by Olofsson. Yeah, this time, the, the double fake bites Primo. Didn't fall for it, it against Thompson, but Olofsson, nice move from backhand to forehand. And now here comes the U of Wisconsin man, Cole Caulfield, the former Badger. Was a hero for the Canadians in the 2021 playoffs. Now he's a core face. Caulfield moves inside. He scores! Cole Caulfield! Cole Caulfield evens this shootout up at one. I don't think there's any question on that side, Alec. Cole Caulfield's the real deal when it comes to offense. My goodness. Yeah, five hold the entire way on Levi. His third shooter up for Buffalo as we get a number on him. This is Owen Power. It's rare for a defenseman to be one of the first three shooters in the shootout, but here he comes. Power to the right circle. Owen Power to the slot. Takes his time. He scores! Snuck it inside right post. So decision by Don Granado paid off. The University of Michigan man, Owen Power, the first overall pick. I love it. So nicely done from Owen Power. Sneak inside. Actually left post, but it was right post, near side. But whichever post side works, just snuck it in right under the blocker. So Montreal now must score to keep this shootout alive, otherwise this game is over. Jesse Yolodin is trusted with that role. Two goals on two shots in the shootout. And Levi is trying to end it here, getting Yolodin his first miss on the shot. Yolodin with speed. Yolodin scores! Three for three in the shootout as it goes to a fourth round tied at two. Goalies can't buy a save right now. No, not for these past two rounds anyway, John. That's a sweet move by Yolona, who's been a shootout maestro. That's three goals in his first three career shootout attempts. Goodness. Now, here's J.J. Paterka looking for his first career shootout goal. This is his third shot. His third time to turn here. Paterka moves to the slot. Several fakes. No! Primo denies him. So Montreal can now end it. Coming right down for the right side. The same side that the Sabres plays have been coming down towards. It's maybe the same move that Power tried off on the previous shot. And now here comes pick number one. Yuri Slavkovsky. 
the previous first overall pick before Connor Bedard. He has a chance to end it. Down the right side with a lot of speed. Slavkovsky! Oh, what a move by him! He is the shootout on a gorgeous backhand to the forehand and then to the backhand. Canadians win. 3-2 in the shootout. Man, that's got to feel good for Slavkovsky. I'm desperately trying to uh, find the feed so that way I can watch it. Oh, that was beautiful from Slavkovsky as he went right towards Levi's crease, faked the forehand, went directly to the backhand, and there was nothing that Levi could do from there. I just saw it now. Wow, what a great goal off the backhand and the fake. That's got to feel good for Slavkovsky. I'm happy for him. Oh, to establish confidence for yeah. him later down the season. We all know that Slavkovsky was a project pick by Montreal. There's no secret about that. As Ottawa extends to 5-1 over Detroit despite Patrick Kane getting his first goal as a Red Wing. But Slavkovsky, good for him being coached by Martin St. Louis. Perhaps St. Louis is a thing for coaching up the offensive guys who are undersized and reaching a new level of success. Caulfield's seen the same success that St. Louis had in Tampa. Yeah, I think you said it well on that side. And I think that the rebuild for the Montreal Canadiens, I know that there's been some lean years since being in the Cup Final, but I like what they've done. And I think Martin San Louis is the right guy for the job. I think the future should be bright for Montreal. Yeah, they have a focus on offense and a lot of offense right down for the stretch. They went out to get Alex Newhook in the offseason and Slavkowski boosting his confidence under St. Louis. In his sophomore season, had a rough first year, but first years, you don't know what to expect from first overall picks, no matter how high or low in the draft they can be. But Slavkowski is having himself a silently good bounce back year with the pace that he's going. Yes, he has. And again, you mentioned the Red Wings score. That one's about to go final on that side as the Sens again. They're going to go two out of three so far in the season series. Again, the Red Wings were able to steal a point in Sweden when they tied it up 4-4, and the Sens came back and won, and now they're blown out 5-1. On that side for the Red Wings, with the Dylan Larkin injury, with J.T. Koffer being hurt and not being able to play, the Red Wings were down to eight forwards in this game. So I didn't think that there was any way that they were going to be able to go ahead and find a win. But they're going to have to find a way quickly, Alec, on Monday to turn around against the Dallas Stars and uh, get some call-ups. Boy, that, that wasn't really the most ideal situation for Detroit. You need to be able to get some call-ups if you're the Red Wings because you're lacking forwards. Be heading into tonight. That, that looked very rough. You're double-shifting guys so much yeah. that they're getting exhausted. Everyone's getting exhausted in Detroit. Yeah, once that happened on that side for Dylan Larkin, I know Patrick Kane scored the goal and gave a little bit of life, but there really wasn't any chance for the Red Wings to win this game. So for those that didn't have any contacts, I was able to bring it to you. When you're down to eight forwards, when you normally could just 12, that's not going to work out very well. So you might see some call-ups there on the Monday side for the Red Wings to go ahead and figure it out. Maybe even Elmer Soderblom or some of the other ones there. Uh, Jonathan Berggren, maybe. You, there's there's going to be some bodies that are going to be needed on Monday. Marco Casper, perhaps? Hey, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's that point. If it's really that bad and he's not an HL ready yet, you need bodies. Uh, that would not surprise me. You know, you're going to need all the guys available. Would it be Grand, most likely from Grand Rapids sure. that you need to call up? So in the meantime, 
NFL game I'm covering tomorrow between Chiefs, Bills, or Eagles, Cowboys, but most likely it's going to be Chiefs, Bills, because whatever's a Chiefs, Bills game, that those matches are always guaranteed fireworks between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I'm going to go ahead and say on the outlook, because again, I'm not really much as football as everybody else is, I think that's the right call for you for the Chiefs and Bills. I think the way that the Chiefs have played... It's kind of leads me to believe that the game's going to be close. I haven't really seen them dominate as much as the Chiefs normally do, and I'll give the Bills a puncher's chance to win it. Yeah, Buffalo may be getting good on offense at the right time, but the firing of Ken Dorsey at offensive coordinator, getting Joe Brady as his replacement seems to be the right move for them because we remember he used to be the offensive coordinator at LSU when Joe Burrow was the quarterback. Now he's Josh Allen his offensive coordinator, this seems to be the right move. And between the Leafs and Islanders, as the Islanders tied up with 4-11 to go as a total hockey game, Anders Lee picks up the rebound and banks it in off Cam Talbot's. Boy, this was going to be a barn burner. I don't know what to make of the Islanders, Alec, on that side. Again, the Kings are trying to continue their 11-0-0 road stand. The Islanders having none of it right now. Good goal for Anders Lee, but what the heck are the Islanders right now? They're 11-7-7 on the year. And the Islanders are a very confusing team <laughs> to decipher. But whenever, and whenever they're up, they're up. They normally don't trail in games, and, when they, and normally they would hang on to games, but that's not been the case. They've been, in the bird period, this is when they seem to vanish by some way or form. And it's aggravating. Yeah, it's got to be aggravating. I know it's definitely aggravating for us as far as covering in the league and for the Islanders because I really feel like they were a team that had promised last year that could win rounds even against Carolina. They didn't do that. Carolina able to take that one in an epic part of the series, but... They have Ilya Sorokin. They have talent. They have some veterans there. Again, we talk about Lula Amarillo and the types of contracts that maybe you like or don't like. But still, it has got to be frustrating if you're an Islanders fan. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who's an Islanders fan. It, it is frustrating when you don't hang on to games that you should win, especially when you're up 4-1 against the San Jose Sharks with eight minutes left in regulation. So you're getting set to go into the second half of the NBA Cup Championship. John, take it away for the third quarter, if you will, please. I will on that side. I appreciate it. Again, we've gone through some of the numbers here. The Lakers, points in the paint, 52-22. Field goal percentage, 55-36. to Free throws have been the big difference for the Pacers, though. 21-22 from the line as the Pacers have kept themselves in this game. It's been very entertaining, but there's definitely been some points that you and I can talk about where we're surprised. Tyrese Halliburton's only got seven points, but you got a combined 19 points from Neesmith and Jackson off the bench. And last but not least, probably the biggest story of this game, 22 points for Austin Reeves off the bench. Not to mention the 52 points in the paint for the Lakers, which is a season high and a half. They haven't played their brand of basketball to success in this half and then some. Good work there for the Lakers to be able to get the rebound. We're going to see a steady dose of LeBron James, but he does have three fouls. He's had to miss extended minutes in the first half because of the foul trouble. Anthony Davis missed it off the front of the rim, and it'll be an opportunity now for the Pacers to take over, see if they can get something going here first in the second half. 
They're only down 65-60. John out here alongside Alec Nava. He's going to be taking the fourth quarter as we will split. Miles Turner for three. He really needs this. But Anthony Davis goes ahead and picks it up. Again, that points in the paint matchup has not been close. Davis! He's going to get the pass down the lane for LeBron, and he's going to score it. LeBron backs like he's never left. Even though he's missed extended time, 10 minutes of it in the first half because of foul trouble, he's never truly left in terms of impact. That layup, like he always does, down for the lane, and he just laid it with ease. 21 years in the league. Again, I always repeat that, but my goodness, his athleticism feels like it's just as good as it's always been. 68-60. Halliburton. Pass for Turner. Turner going to try his luck again. Way off. And this is skied by LeBron. Is he going to go right down the lane again? Here's a pass for Russell. Get into the right wing side. He hasn't started his dribble yet, but he'll give it to Davis instead at the right elbow. He's being doubled. Here's a show and go. Back to Davis. Davis puts his head down. Half spin. Falling away from 10. My goodness, Anthony Davis. Oh, this, this shot may remind us of the shot. And when he turned around and laid out on the and one, that shot was so similar, John. It was like we've seen double. Yes, it was. Anthony Davis showing you the complete game in this contest right now. And the Lakers have their biggest lead. It's 10. I told Alec I feel like the Pacers would at least keep it around this number. But this does, this is threatening a little bit, Alec, to get worse. Because I'm not just going to go ahead and put it on Miles Turner, although he does miss the free throw there. They are just getting dominated in the paint, Indiana is. There's just no answer in the paint by the Pacers for these Lakers bigs. No matter if it is AD or LeBron, there's just no answer for that. Miles Turner, even though he's one of the better bigs in the Pacers right now, there's just no answer by him on Anthony Davis, just as the Islanders fire shot off the post. So we'll keep you updated across all parts of the scoreboard, especially when we get into a break. Miles Turner splits the pair. LeBron, Euro step, trying to draw the foul. He will. Obi Toppin's going to pick it up. LBJ going to the line. So Turner made one of two from the free throw line previously, but LeBron, he's up to 15 points, and he's really giving it to Miles Turner, Obi Toppin, and everyone on the Pacers. Yes, he is. Again, 15 on 7 of 12 and 6 rebounds. Had a pretty good game considering he's been in foul trouble as the first one is up and good. Lakers back up by 10. Oh, Kyle Palmieri had two good chances for the Islanders in the meantime. Fire one off the post, and then the other one was stopped by Cam Talbot as we, get a, as we bring you live updates from Kings Islanders. Yeah, and that one's particularly important because the LA Kings are still the only undefeated team on the road in the NHL. And they're up against it right now in a tie game between the Kings and the Islanders. So we'll update you as Tyrese Halliburton. There's a pass for Turner. He's not been shy so far shooting in the third. Finally knocks one down, 72-63. Even though Turner has been outmanned by AD and LeBron, he's not going to shy away from getting these buckets no matter in any situation. 7.6 rebounds, not too shabby. Yeah, maybe he's sensing the moment because Tyrese Halliburton's been very quiet. It's a gang rebound here, I believe, for the Lakers, but they are calling a foul on the floor, and we'll see who it's going to go with. I believe it's going to be Pacer Ball as far as where I am on my feed, but it's 3.9 seconds to go on the shot clock. It, it, it is Laker Ball from what we saw. 
So LeBron, he's got to shoot it. It's down to .5. He's going to hoist before the buzzer. Davis tries to get a piece of it now. And they're going to call Miles Turner on a loose ball foul. So, man, oh, man, has he had a tough game. As Rick Carlisle can't believe it. That's clearly a loose ball foul as AD was contesting for the ball. We're going to overtime at Long Island in the meantime. And Turner has to sit down. We talk about LeBron being in foul trouble. Turner's also in foul trouble. He has four of them. Yeah, he got the same lock in the hands of Davis as Benedict Matherin had the same lock in the hands there of LeBron James when LeBron got busted for a final. Now LeBron, AD, he throws it down. The Lakers have their largest lead. It's 11, 74-63, and Rick Carlisle's taking a timeout. Darvin Ham is congratulating Anthony Davis as he should be. Ooh, AD, what a move. I mean, we talked about the pass to LeBron. That was a fancy pass by LeBron. That's an even fancier move with the paint by AD. Thank you, buddy, Neil. And the two-handed jab. And Carlisle, he has no choice but to call a timeout because the Pacers just have no answer in the paint. No, they don't. Again, that's going to be the primary of this game story. And I agree with you. It was a good fake on Buddy Heald. But I also say if I'm Buddy Heald, I'm making a business decision. I'm getting out of the way of Anthony Davis. And just... That's the only task that you have to do. Do not get an 80s way unless if you want to take the risk of sacrificing your body and drawing a charge on AD. That's the only thing that you should do if you're trying to get in the way of Anthony Davis. So I know you'll be giving us the update, but I'll give you the scoring update in a second. It was Adrian Kempe and Vladislav Gabrikov, 2-0 LA. But the Islanders came back. Anders Lee with a pair. His latest at 15:49 ties the game at two. Ilya Sorokin 34 to 36. He's been brilliant, but Cam Talbot's done much of the same. 27 out of 29 as we're going to be going to OT. And the last goal by Anders Lee was a set play off the faceoffs. The importance for the Islanders is faceoff wins. Bo Horvat won that one. Got it to the back for Scott Mayfield, and Mayfield immediately fired it. And going right in off that faceoff, guess who? The captain. Able to get that one done on that side. So we will see what happens here between L.A. and New York. We will keep our eyes and ears peeled. And on that Whoa! side, you got that, it? That was quick. That was very quick. 13 seconds, lucky number 13, John. And J.T. Pacho with the wow. behind winner in overtime. That's certainly going to vault the Islanders up in the power rankings. J.G. Paggio, again, the first loss for L.A. on the road this season. They'll fall to 16-4-4. The Islanders improve to 12-7-7. What a win that is on the island. Oh, what a win it is as they all celebrate J.G. Paggio. A breakaway winner, 13 seconds in after a face-off win by the Kings. Adrian Kempe didn't get a clean look at to the net. And Robert Bortuzzo, they had him shave his beard heading into Long Island because the Lou Lamorello policy says no beards allowed during the regular season. If you're an Islanders player, save that for the playoffs. But immediately, Lee's impact felt and Pajo all alone on the breakaway on the other side rips the finisher on Talbot. Three unanswered, two from Lee, and the game ender from the former Ottawa Senator. 
So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you this. That's why I'll say it. I'll make sure Alec doesn't have to. Biggest win of the season of the year for the New York Islanders. Good for them. So, biggest win of the year thus far for the Islanders. We'll say so far because we may be seeing an even bigger win if they do get a win over a bigger opponent. But this one is certainly a big one considering the Kings are dangerous on the road. Let's get back into this game. Back to you, John. So they're showing some of the celebrities, as they always do, but this time they're in Vegas. Pacers need points right now. They've been getting bludgeoned in the paint. This is floated in for the Indiana Pacers now. Makes it 74-65 as I pull back up my boxes on that side as Bruce Brown, the former Piston and Denver Nugget NBA champion, makes it a nine-point game. LeBron down the lane. He tries to hit it off glass and a good gang rebound. Halliburton pushes the pace. And they throw the ball away. Rick Carlisle can't be happy with that. Yeah, it feels like this is a little bit of hot potato because Buddy Hill mishandled the pass. It was coming in his direction from Halliburton and couldn't get two hands on it. Extra passes. Russell, pocket for Christie, right wing side. It's a great design. Try to get, get up by Davis. Davis puts the ball down, shows it to LeBron. Reddish for three. This is too strong off the top of the rim. Picked up by the Pacers off the steal from Buddy Heald. Anthony Davis is hurt. He's holding on to his left leg. Pacers in transition. Pass inside. Great defense knocked away by the Lakers. But we got to check on AD now. Oh, something's up with his leg, I believe. I don't know where it's at, but something may be up with his leg from what we see. He's grabbing onto it. And that upper tie, perhaps. So at least for Davis, it looks like he's walking underneath his own power. I'm trying to see where he got hit. Maybe somewhere from behind in the back leg. I don't think he got hit in the uh, crown jewels. At least I hope not. Unless it's going to stun you for a little bit. But this will be sideline out of bounds for the Indiana Pacers. Being an opportunity now for Jackson. He's been pretty good off the bench as this is recollected for the Pacers. Now Halliburton, top of the key, jump pass, as this is moved around. And now Pacers got to get a shot off. I'll go baseline and drive it and score it, Aaron Neesmith. So as AD is now running on his own power, so it's nothing major for him. So good to see that's happening, but the Pacers, they need those points badly any way possible. Yes, they do, and Aaron Neesmith able to get the assist from Buddy Hill as LeBron... Took a shot. I don't know if he got hit below the belt, but some of the Lakers stars are starting to get hit in the ribs. That's what we see from LeBron, but he's okay nonetheless. So he is uh, running. Looks like he stepped on the foot. Hey, they weren't even looking where they were going. <laughs> oh, good, well, good that AD and LeBron are all right, because those are just minor tweaks to them. That's, the, that's maybe the price that people are going to take when playing a, a sport like basketball in a contact sport. Yeah, absolutely, but it is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It looked like Neesmith and LeBron were running in the same spot. They weren't even looking where they were going, like they were both on their cell phone. As it's Tyrese Halliburton knocked away from Reddish. Reddish will pick it up. He'll get called for the foul. And now Darvin Ham is upset. Yeah, this is a loose ball foul as Halliburton seemed to be into loose possession. Perhaps Reddish, he was going for that poke, and while he did get the poke... I think the extra contact on Halliburton is what drew the attention by the referees. 
Yeah, it did. He got a piece of the right leg as Halliburton was falling down, and it was right in front of the referee. Also got a back tap as well. I do think Halliburton probably did a good job, Alec, of selling it, but it was right in front of the referee. Yeah, yeah even though he may have sold it, whenever you're trying to sell the contact, you're more likely to draw a foul, more likely to not. So Reddish, two points and four fouls. So that's probably going to mean more time for Jared Vanderbilt. So Isaiah Jackson, wait for Halliburton, Buddy Heald, cross-court pass, it's Bruce Brown for three, contested at that, not a good shot there. And Vanderbilt throws it down for Anthony Davis, LeBron, left to right, racing on the timeline, lays it in! Oh, the king, even though he's not the same king that we saw last decade with the Heat, he's still got that athleticism with him at 39, wow! Picked up now, Neesmith put the ball on the floor. Bad pass, intercepted now for D'Angelo Russell. Lakers defense, got the Pacers in a vice grip, trying to play full court defense there. It was Bruce Brown, but D'Angelo Russell able to survive, gets it across the timeline. It's right elbow now, LeBron backing down, gives it back to D'Angelo, though crisscross. D'Angelo goes baseline, gets swatted by Jackson. The ball is loose, it's kicked, and it's going to get blown dead. With 2.2, it's a kickball violation, and now we will see it should be Pacer ball. It's one of the few defensive highlights for the Pacers, of Isaiah Jackson being able to stay with DeAndre Russell the entire way, and one of the rare times the Pacers defense has come out to play tonight. So it'll be about 6.47 left to go here in this third. That's where I have on the ticker side, 76-67 lead. Halliburton down the lane. Jackson blocked by Davis from behind. Vanderbilt saves it. AD's there again. It looks like he's struggling to get in a little bit of a trot, but he's out there. Gets it in the paint. Half spin against Jackson. Blocked by Jackson. As this is knocked the other way, but there's a shooting foul called. Yeah, I believe it's the right call on Isaiah Jackson. As Anthony Davis, he was walking on along. Oh, not the same speed that he right. has because... We're, we're monitoring his tie, which he got bumped into. He still has 21 points, 14 rebounds, and three blocks. But we're still going to look at his tie further down this stretch. Max Christie comes in. I'm not going to say this is the case, but he's running like the same speed. If you ever had a cramp or a Charlie horse, that looks like the speed that Anthony Davis is running at right now as he makes the first. You know, if I ever were to run a marathon, boy, that would be the same speed I would be running at, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree with you on that side. As fun as that would be, I'd be running at the same speed too. They're showing Anthony Davis already has three blocks in this game as well. Has not been sharp at the line, but the Lakers still have a 10-point lead, 77-67. That's as far as the pace has really been down. It's been about 12, but it's at 10 now. Max Christie trying to show defense. A double there from Davis. Bullet pass inside. Jackson got nowhere to go. Got a hook and hit, gang rebound there nicely by Heald. Gets it back to Halliburton. Halliburton needs to score some points. Great defense there for the Lakers, but it didn't matter. Halliburton scored anyway. This is what Tyrese Halliburton needs. The ability to score points and take over this game. He's been limited to nine points after that layup with the dime from Aaron Neesmith just as the Lakers play keep away and get away and call a timeout. And... And but the Pacers, they need this. The Lakers, they, they call timeout, strategizing what to do. Plus, do, we, do you give Anthony Davis a rest to heal up that?
You could on that side. The way that uh, the Lakers are playing right now, I feel like you can give them a couple minutes and buy it. And the reason I say that as we go to break, it's a 77-69 lead for the Lakers. The scoring in this third quarter, it's completely dried up. It's only a 12-9 edge for Lake Show. So even though it's an eight-point lead, which is as much as 12 minutes, it feels this lead doesn't feel any bit comfortable. We know about the Pacers and their ability to upset big-name teams like the Celtics and the Bucks, but you, you think of the Lakers as arguably the toughest test the Pacers are going to have in this in-season tournament. Likewise for the Lakers, going up against the Pacers team that have been electric offensively, you could argue that this is the toughest test for them and not the Suns. I agree with you. And that side in particular, not because Anthony Davis has had a great game, but he really has. 10 of 16, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists. The 3 blocks have been quite noticeable. Again, Cam Reddish got himself into foul trouble with 2 points, 4 fouls. He's got 2 blocks. D'Angelo Russell has one as well. You have 2 blocks from Jared Vanderbilt as well. So the Los Angeles Lakers and Darvin Ham squad has done a great job trying to stifle the Pacers. But again, Alec, as you've said, the Pacers are only down 77-69. And they're only down by that much, despite Halliburton only having nine points. That's the most incredible thing with the Pacers in this in-season tournament. They can score from anywhere and with using anyone. No matter if it is Halliburton, Turner, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, but also Aaron Neesmith, and Isaiah Jackson, and Maffern McConnell as well. We were thinking that we would be seeing more of Jarris Walker, the first-round pick from this year for Indiana come go from Washington in a trade for Bilal Koulibaly. Who figured that this would be a game for Jarris Walker to come in, but they haven't even had to use him or Jordan Nawara. No, they haven't. And the Pacers, even though they're down, they've been helped by 34 bench points. And uh, let's just be honest, for the Lakers, their bench points is one man, Austin Reeves with 22. Oh, Austin Reeves, you, you, you did mention him. This is a the Lakers having him out on the floor, whenever he's out there, there should be spelled trouble for other teams facing him, of course, because he's been very noticeable throughout his time as a Laker, and he has 22 points all in the first half. All as well, he has, hasn't even seen the court in the second half just yet. I feel like that is going to change here right out of this timeout or very soon. At least he's going to get most of the fourth, that is my guess. They're showing the Christmas Day lineup. Admittedly, I won't be able to do a broadcast on then. They do have the Mavs Suns at 10.30 Eastern. But I think I might want to watch that Celtics-Lakers matchup at 5 Eastern. What about you? Oh, that's it. That, that would be a throwback to the old days, John. Just the way that we would like it. A good old throwback. Jackson Hayes. Again, you talked about that. As you throw him in there from Anthony Davis, he immediately loses the ball. Tyrese Halliburton now trying to find his way down the rim. Picked up a couple times. Neesmith floater. Too strong off the front of the rim. Jackson's got it. Leave it here for LBJ. And now Austin Reeves will get his time. His first in the second half. Again, he's got 22 points. Austin Reeves down the lane. Tried to use it off glass. He gets hit hard as this goes with the Pacers. Fast break. Buddy Neal. LeBron at his face. Missed it off the front of the rim. Vanderbilt to LeBron. Does he lob this thing? He tries to throw it down. He draws the foul nonetheless. With Aaron Neesmith back on defense, LeBron throwing it down. Of course, the 
body contact from Neesmith. There's nothing that you can do if you're Neesmith. As soon as you jump, you're immediately going to run yourself into trouble. The shocking part about the Pacers, they've had the only three-point leaders in this game throughout, and it's just five of them. Five out of 22. Yeah, and again, the Lakers haven't really needed three-point shooting. I believe that they still don't have one on that side as LeBron misses the first, but let me give you the official number. The Lakers are 0 of 9 from 3, and yet they're up 77-69 because we talk about the amount of uh, bench points. And as Alex said, 5 of 22 from distance for the Pacers. I don't care who you are, that's not going to get it done. Aaron Neesmith, because of the foul trouble, he's got to check out. LeBron's got one more coming. And Neesmith already at four fouls on the night, and LeBron, he may have overcome those foul troubles this first half of the third quarter, and he's been able to draw those fouls, getting to the dirty area of the court, as he splits the pair. So let's see what happens now for the Pacers. Again, they need points, and it looks like this is going to be Isaiah Jackson for a turnover there, either loose ball or legal screen. They're showing Anthony Davis right now. They're putting the towel over the right leg, getting some ice on it. Yes. In the meantime, when he is on the bench, you want to have LeBron out there for as long as possible and able to make up for the absence of AD. Once AD is ready to come right out there, you shove out LeBron and then put AD back in for how good LeBron goes in this shift. Can I say, Alec, honestly, as Isaiah Jackson goes to the line, I've been really impressed with his game today. I think he's been the better big in comparison to Miles Turner. Well, be between these, yeah, Isaiah Jackson, he's been in impressing. Nine points, or is it eight? Eight as he heads to the line. He's been a plus three, while Turner's been minus 11. Not ideal for Turner, even though he has six rebounds, but Jackson has four blocks. A stat line normally Turner would have. Yeah, it's definitely something for me that's been an eye-opener on that side because, again, I was trying to play the case for Miles Turner having a good matchup against Davis and doing his best. And Anthony Davis, they're going to put him right back on the floor right now. So maybe they're going to think that they got whatever they needed to on that right side leg and he's okay. So we'll monitor his movement and see that immediately. They're already putting a body on him and Bruce Brown, so they don't want to make sure that Davis gets comfortable as Jackson has one more at the line. He's trying to make it 78-71. Again, the Pacers have been really good from the free throw line right now. They're 24 of 26. That's what's kept them in this game, at least part of it. Austin Reeves, right wing, inside Davis now at the elbow. Get back to Reeves. Reeves will cast a three. Lakers still haven't made a shot from deep. Halliburton will get this one down the lane. Here's a pass that's wide open. Doesn't shoot it. Off the step back now, Benedict Matherin will get it back. Logo three attempt over Davis. Too strong off the front of the rim. Is this saved by Jackson? Tapped out of the air again. This will go to the purple and gold. LeBron, no luck to Reeves. Reeves, between his legs, trying to get too fancy. Davis is there. He lays it in nonetheless. He's back like he never left after the ensuing chaos that happened on the other end of the court on Indiana's side. Well, we don't know what to make of it, but the three-point shooting has just not been there for either side. We don't expect the Lakers to be anything special from three, but the Pacers, boy, this is an eye-opener. Yeah, it really is on that side. And Halliburton looks like he's going to be able to go to the line maybe for an and-one opportunity as he's able to beat two purple and gold defenders right at the rim. Good take for Tyrese. 
and a good take, speeding right by it through the defense for Alexander Vernon. Sometimes you're going to have to use your speed if you want to beat out these stout defenders from L.A. So nine points, again, three of five shooting, that sounds okay, but I'd like to see Tyrese Halliburton get about 15 more shots. Honestly, he's going to run out of time to even do so. He does miss for the and one opportunity, as it's D'Angelo Russell. Lakers' lead is at seven. Again, the Pacers have been hanging around, despite some of the statistical oddities that we've talked about. Max Christie looks like he gets hit in the head, and this will be a foul against Matherin. And sometimes... They're going to have to take something into account with how the Pacers are continuing to shoot the free ball and able to do this despite making just five of those. Dion Waiters once said that he would rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because when you stop shooting the free ball, that means you've lost confidence in that shot. That definitely sounds like a volume shooter, what he would say. <laughs> yeah, and I would trust Dion's word for that. You want to keep shooting it no matter how many times you miss. Eventually you're going to have to keep that confidence and eventually you're going to make one in this game. So Max Christie does get one, but he's got one more coming here as the Lakers try to go back up by nine again. That's where this game's kind of been, between nine, twelve, was the Pacers of find a way to hang around. That's kind of what Alec and I thought it would be. Actually, it's been to the point exactly as we predicted, around the ten-point marker, but Pacers need points. Again, I can't mention Halliburton enough. they got to find a way to get him going. The bench has already done enough lifting here. Buddy Heald fakes a three. Davis is out on the perimeter again. He's been everywhere. Heald tries to lob it there for Jackson. Davis quickly pushed the pace. Reeves between his legs. Nice play for Reeves off the lay-in. Between the legs layup. Or, or we speak of between the legs goals in hockey. How about between the legs layups. Between the legs of Allie Burton. Not nagging him. Wow! This is a stone-cold killer! Yeah, Austin Reeves is, uh, he looks like a man in disguise that I wouldn't expect to be able to score that many points and put on those kind of moves, but, uh, he's done the damage here. It's been impressive to see. Again, we'll see if he can continue this into the second half, because his first half he had 22 points. Pacers forced to take a timeout as the Lakers have an 84-73 lead with 3.16 left to go in the third. So, in the meantime, as this game goes to commercial break, getting some updates from the NHL. The Flyers lead the Avalanche region. This may be an eye-opener, but the Flyers have been full surprises this year. They may have taken a little step back, but they're still a tough and gritty team. Well, no pun on that because we mentioned gritty. There's the mascot gritty, and then there's the adjective gritty. The Chicago Blackhawks down the St. Louis Blues 3-1 at the United Center. That was the surprise for me, Alec. Again, maybe I shouldn't say that because the Blues are 13-13-1. I'll say this about the Blues. Maybe they're an enigma wrapped in another enigma because I can't figure them out either, just like the Islanders. But for the Chicago Blackhawks, you get goals from Jason Dickinson, Alex Vlasic with his first and Anthony Bavillier, Oscar Sundquist, Sonny, the former Red Wing, on that side, scores shorthanded. But Peter Morazic, have yourself a game, 39 out of 40. Back into this game immediately. It comes down with Benedict Matherin. Three-point shot, another dime for Halley. So Benedict Matherin, it's a badly needed outside shot. And now the Pacers will find themselves a little bit closer here as it's 8 
This is an opportunity here for D'Angelo Russell near the right wing. Good to screen from Austin Reeves. Now Russell. There's going to be a foul called, and I think this is going to go the other way. This will be against Anthony Davis. This is a badly needed three by the Pacers, not only from Benedict Matherin, but the team as a whole. That's just their first main three-pointer in seven tries. And for the Lakers in three-point possession, their first six games of the in-season tournament, they've hit those 45%. They're 0 for 10 here in this game. So Lakers, Christie gets the block against McConnell. Again, a lot of other players not normally expected to play defense like that are doing it. Horrible pass. Pacers, three on two, a transition. Alibar double clutches. And now it's 84-78. That's the Pacers that we need in this game. Allie Burton taking over. Did Davis take this one back court? Two straight turnovers for the Brow. Oh, that, that's a boneheaded move by the Lakers. Not only for them, but Anthony Davis, but also D'Angelo Russell. You gotta wait until AD is over the half court line. But I'll be having this more on D than AD, if anything. Yeah, that was Max Christie who got the ball up the timeline. Then he throws it up to Anthony Davis, who hasn't been crossed yet. He wasn't even paying attention. Now Halliburton puts his head down. Uh oh, he's starting to percolate. It's 84 79. So no lead is safe. No matter how big it is, the Pacers, they can come back from any point. Davis will take this one, right elbow, against Isaiah Jackson. Gets the back down, show for Reeves. Now Torian Prince fakes a pass. Good contest there for the Pacers. It'll be another opportunity as the Lakers will get the ball back. But Tyrese Halliburton, all of a sudden, he's heating up, Alec. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's up to 15 points with 9 assists. We wonder how many assists he's going to finish on the night because he had 13 and 15 in the first two knockout stage games. Foul is going to be called. Isaiah Jackson will pick it up. I think Davis will be going to the line to shoot two. Again, in this third quarter, it's been very low scoring. Even though Tyrese Halliburton's been able to get some points of late, the Lakers still hold a 20-19 to advantage. Again, the free throws won't be a little bit ahead of mine. But that's what we have right now with a minute 34 left to go in the third. It's an 84-79 score as the Unibrow is at the line. I, I don't know if this is out of the realm of possibility, but with the way AD is playing, could we see a potential 30-20 game? Let me look at the box score right now, and I'll give you the official number here. So Davis does have 25. He's got 15. You say 30 and 20? I say book it, Alec. I agree with you. Yeah, this is still a real possibility of how good he's been playing on the offensive side of the ball, but not to mention the free blocks that he has. He's also that good defensively. TJ McConnell now, three-pointer for Turner, man oh man, that would have been a huge one for the Pacers as he missed it from the left-wing corner. It's LeBron, here's a pass for Torian, thought about the three, between his legs off the step back, but McConnell is there. Anthony Davis now for Torian, and he knocks down a huge three, it's 88-79. The first one the Lakers had all game, finally they get one. <laughs> one of 11. But the Lakers are up 88-79. Benedict Matherin at the right wing side being guarded by LeBron. He gets closed up by Davis, tries to put up a wild shot. And I think the Pacers are very fortunate to retain possession there. Could have easily went off of Dump. Could 
could have easily went right over to the Lakers and easily could have turned the momentum back to them. Sideline out of bounds for the Pacers. Shot clock just under four seconds. 48 seconds left to go in the third. Inbound opportunity. Pacers had a good one there for Jackson, but he couldn't double clutch underneath the rim. He kind of got stuck there. It's Lakers slowing it down. LeBron. Long for Davis. He throws it down. It's 90 to 79. I think he made the right call, Alec. Series of dribbles, but he healed for three. LeBron's got another rebound. Shot clock turned off. Lakers again, they're enjoying an 11-point lead. It's been close to their highest. Can they take it home and win the first ever NBA Cup? Now down to five seconds. LeBron, got to go. Shovel pass. I think he throws it away. So this will be Pacer ball with 2.8 left. I'll never get old seeing LeBron and Anthony Davis. Pacers have an opportunity here under three seconds. It's Matherin. Cross the timeline. Let's the throwter go. Oh, he hit the buzzer beater. 90-82. Matherin knocks it down. And the Pacers within eight. That is a Pacer basket. A Pacers basketball. to cut the lead to eight. With Matherin jumping from the arc. Basically shooting it. Near the free throw line while he was through mid-air to try and get a better look at a three-point shot. An unconventional-looking three-point shot on a buzzer beater. They did review it, and they say he was and he left his feet when taking a shot from behind the arc. Got closer to it with speed. Wow. That's going to set you up for an electric fourth quarter, Alec Nava. Again, I thank you for... Uh, Bringing to my attention the NBA tournament and asking if we wanted to cover this together. I think we've done a great job. So let's uh, finish it strong, my friend. Yeah, let's get this to a strong finish. It's in the meantime, it's still 3-2 Flyers over Avalanche. The goals from Owen Tippett, Travis Sanheim, and Travis Konecki for Philadelphia. Josh Manson and Nathan McKinnon at the goals for Colorado. Vancouver leads one nothing over Carolina. Sam Lafferty is eighth of the year. That's a name... We don't expect being on the score sheet any other night, but Lafferty has been thriving with the Canucks, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, seeing some nice ice time under Rick Tockett. Yes, he is. Again, you remember he was picked up from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs during the deadline under the Kyle Dubas side, and now you get an opportunity to do it again. Yeah, the bottom sixer, he hasn't been playing, who's been being a primer, has been looking like a secondary goal scorer for them. Ace lived that role to success. And between Tampa and Seattle, the Lightning go up 2-0 thanks to Nikita Kucherov and Anthony Sorelli. Kucherov with his 18th of the year, establishing himself as a Hart Trophy frontrunner. Man, that's a difficult question if I was going to ask you this. Who needs this game more, the Lightning or the Kraken? I, I could argue both. But <laughs> Seattle more so than Tampa because Seattle, they've been reeling back not the way they wanted to go. We expect Seattle is a back-and-forth kind of team. They, they're they going back this year as they're going forward last year. 
That's if they're going back this year, they can go forward next year. I think so. Again, it might be one of those off years as we talk about for Seattle, but I'm with you there on the lightning. But it's amazing. I didn't expect Seattle to uh, be playing as poor as I thought that they were. And then for the lightning on that side, I feel like they've underachieved a little bit. I understand they've been without Vasilevsky for a long time. But really, the only lighting to me that's kind of stepped up his game past the poor I never thought it would go was Nikita Kucherov. Everybody else has kind of been surface level, and they need other players to step up. Yeah, already Kucherov has established himself as a Hart Trophy front runner with how he's been going. Lead the, lead the league in points, 18 goals, 44 points, and in the assist department, boy, he's up not 18 goals, it's 17 goals. So that means 44 points in total. He has 27 assists from his stat line. That's ridiculous. Yes, that's that's beyond uh, comprehension at this point for Nikita Kucherov. He's one of the very best in the world. And one of the best players in the National Hockey League. So we go right into the fourth quarter. Thanks for taking the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's been a pleasure covering the in-season tournament with you, John. So Alec Nava, John Ott. Fourth quarter of action, and so we get back here. Pacers defending this first possession against the Lakers. AD fighting Reddish, who moves into the paint. Reddish with the layup, 17 seconds in. The Lakers picking up where they left off. Yeah, they needed this right now, and that puts the Lakers at 68 points in the paint right now. My goodness. This is just video game numbers when you're playing NBA 2K, and you have... Your my player be a big man. Yes. Out to the right side, and then to the inside, Maverick gets it and follow with four to shoot. There's a taste of the Lakers' own medicine. That's good to see an inside basket there for the Pacers. That was a miraculous three-pointer just hit. That was a tough finish. Yeah, yeah that's a tough finish for Maverick. It's immediately we have a foul called on Indiana with Austin Reeves driving the pace. He believes it's going to be on T.J. McConnell. But Maverick, he was double-teamed on that jumping layup. Yeah, I mean, he took the brunt of the contact against Anthony Davis. Had players there behind him, the Cam Reddish. Honestly, I have no idea how he finished that one. <laughs> Reeves has to shoot it with one, and this is off the backboard. He had no other choice but great defense for T.J. McConnell. Tony Rackets tops it, and one! Buddy Hill starting it up the other way. On the last second shot for Reeves, and O.B. Toppin draws the end one. That's a good opportunity there, and a good outlet pass for T.J. McConnell. He had his head up the whole way. Well, actually, they're going to wipe off the basket. I feel Toppin is going to be shaking his head. At the end of it, the Pacers, about a heel fought about the free, now goes left side, finds Toppin, fires the free, bango, bingo, bongo. So Toppin doesn't get the end one. He does knock down the free. Rick and a steal here. Here comes the Pacers. The layup. Oh, my. Benedict Maverick off the steal from T.J. McConnell. Lakers call timeout. Wow. What kind of a pass was that off the inbound? You're just asking to get scored on. That's a, that's a bad pass from Anthony Davis on the other side. We talked about the Pacers' lazy pass earlier in sure. the game. Well, AD has had an even lazier pass in this fourth quarter. What are you doing? That's going to go on Shaq.
acting a fool. <laughs> and Benedict Matherin, honestly, his last seven points that he's got, his degree of difficulty has been at a ten. He adjusted that degree of difficulty from all the way on NBA 2K, we are talking about video game mode, but the Lakers, they need to calm it down here to slow it down from what the Pacers are bringing. We know that the Pacers are going to make it a game here in the fourth quarter. No surprise that they're doing so. And they do come back and win this. We're not going to be surprised one bit, John. No, we're not. Again, we talked about that the whole game. All the things that you and I mentioned about the Lakers and all the things that they've done well is correct. But at the same time, what have we said throughout this broadcast, Alec? Indiana's hanging around. Oh, they're only down five. They're only down eight. It's still a ten-point game. Well, now it's a three-point game, and the fourth quarter essentially has just started. It has just started already. The Pacers outscoring the Lakers 7-2 after the Lakers had the first basket. Topping uh, that three-pointer after he did was denied and won, but he healed the die. But if I'm the Lakers, just need to cool it down and stick to your game. Don't limit the mistakes that you're making in this fourth quarter and get the ball to your best players. This means AD. This means LeBron. This means Austin Reeves. DeAndre Russell, you can consider that, but he's 4-13 shooting, even though he has nine points. But if there's a time for D'Lo to turn it on, he'll have to fill up the assist sheet. Yeah, it is, and I agree with you on what you said as far as the leading players. And the main thing for Darvin Ham, it's pretty simple, because it's worked all game. I'm not going to try to adjust the game plan. You already got 68 points in the paint. You might want to live in the paint for the rest of this game. And just go ahead and take the points in the paint for the rest of the for the rest of this game. Just go inside there. That's your comfort zone. You want to get the contested rebounds? Grab those contested rebounds because you're one of the better teams at doing this. Don't settle in for three point shot because that hasn't been working out for the majority of the game, despite the one three pointer from Torian Prince. And now from we talked about the bench points and how Indiana, how well they've been doing it. Neesmith with 13, Jackson with 10. Matherin with the last seven for the Pacers. Now quietly he's 5-9 and nine with 16 points. He leads all scores for Indiana. Yeah, you're going to you have to get all the scores out there if you're the Pacers. Howie Burden, Jackson, Neesmith, Matherin, and Toppin. That would be the five that we would go to if, we're, if you're the Pacers. Yeah, I think you have to. Again, for uh, Miles Turner, it's a 2 of 10 type of night. It's not been his night right now. But the important thing for Miles is do the best you can in this fourth quarter and lock down the best you can against the Lakers' paint push. You've got to. That is the key here. Have Turner out there on defensive situations because he's great at that end. So here's the Lakers coming out the timeout. D'Lo. Bought about the feet to AD, now takes it himself and lays it in. He needs to get going, he's now at double digits. Just his fifth main basket of the game, he has 11 points. It's good work off the timeout for Darvin Ham, gets D'Lo a basket. He's got on the other side, and a response from the, perhaps one of the better point guards off the bench in the entire NBA. I'm with you there, Alec. Again, the Pacers starting to find their offense in the fourth. And, and D'Lo gets a screen from AD, goes the other way off that screen. D'Lo steps back, hits the mid-range shot, stepping back. D'Lo with the last four Lakers points. That's a good move there for Angel Russell, getting right to the lane up the step back. What a move. 
Cam Reddish again. I believe that's his third block now. Oh, he stayed with Mercado the entire way. Yes. Swats it out. That was a swat. Out just got a hurt for Mercado. And he's doing that up against foul trouble, Alec, too. Yeah, four fouls as well. LeBron seems to have recovered from the foul trouble after having three in the first half. Does not have a foul in the fourth. Mercado drives in. And Reddish falls down. Last touch from AD as it goes out of bounds. And he had a cage. This has been a bowling ball alley in terms of bodies falling down. And the Pacers are not shy about going into the lane. And every time they do, it looks like old school uh, Pistons, Lakers, Pistons, Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be about that. And Obi Toppin misses LeBron. He gets hit hard. And he is down in some pain. Oh, it seems he's looking at that leg. It's been game, a game-time decision listed Ooh. heading into each of these knockout stage games. And none of the Lakers fans here in Las Vegas are happy about it. He gets helped up by McConnell and Max Christie. I know it's inadvertent there for TJ McConnell, but nothing LeBron can do because he's trying to grab that rebound. He just rolled it a little bit. He's a tough dude. He's going to walk it off here. But I'm sure rolling the leg didn't feel very good there. It doesn't. Never a good thing whenever you're rolling that leg and falling right down hard. No ill will on TJ McConnell. No, he wanted to check if LeBron is all right. Good sportsmanship. Yep. And again, you're just battling for the ball. There's bodies everywhere. There's sometimes you just can't get out of the way. So nothing of concern for the King. He's still on the court as D'Lo brings it up. Watch one-on-one -on -one by McConnell. D'Lo. Russell goes left side, he's double teamed by Miles Turner, and a good pass to the inside, and AD had that one stripped. On the other way is Maffrin. He's been on a tear here, three minutes in. Fires the free. This one's short and tipped. The rebound belongs to Max Christie. Christie trying to get away from the jump ball. Christie in trouble, and TJ McConnell has to eat up another foul. Perhaps this could have it be sent to the bench. I'll say this. I understand what the Lakers want to do about lobbing the ball because Anthony Davis is a threat and he's got a big vertical jump. But you might as well just let him get some more touches inside that are conventional because he's been eating everybody alive. And he's been going right by Edward. You, you, you would think that this would be the Joey Chestnut at the hot dog eating contest. Yeah, just let him catch it easy in the paint rather than lobbing it all the time. Now LeBron drives to the paint. Yes, sir. The Fahey does best. Drive to the rim, lay it in. That's the story of LeBron Raymond James Sr. Yeah, no doubt about it. One-handed there, it's too easy. Too much size and speed. And the Pacers get the offensive rebound at the mid-free from top end. And there's a trade from Tyrese Halliburton. Cuts it to a pin for 98-94. So, it looks like Halliburton again in the fourth quarter is starting to get it going, my friend. Yeah, not only the fourth quarter, but he started his hot run in the, the third quarter. He's been hot run in the second half. AD with five. AD spins around, fires. Nice defense for the Pacers. Everybody getting that, but LeBron takes some hard contact yet again. And this time, it's Benedict Maffrin and calls for foul. He has four. So do McConnell, D. Smith, and Turner. All of them in foul trouble. We'll have to watch on each one of these four. 
So, you said that right about the foul trouble, and again, I'll just make this talk in comparison to Thursday and Saturday. You remember on the Thursday side, uh, LeBron drew three offensive fouls on Zion Williamson and then one on Brandon Ingram. Well, in this game, he's been getting hit like a battering ram and taking some contact. <laughs> oh, he's, whenever he's out onto the court, he's going to do his best on drawing the fouls. Bad pass from D'Lo. What was he doing? The Pacers read that one like it was a launcher voting them. McConnell passes back on the other side. Hallie Burner fires it. Too strong on that deep green from Lillard range. It is hot potato here. Indy the last touch. And the Lakers will inbound this from D'Lo as McConnell ties up his shoes. I will say this for Tyrese Halliburton. His shot selection, I understand he can make those. His release might look a little bit unconventional there, but Anthony Davis has done a good job trying to guard some of these shots from the perimeter. He's been moving well today. Yeah, after taking that shot onto the tie, he's still good at mobility. Inside for 80 for LeBron. 80 Euro steps. It bounces and in. That may have taken five bounces or six of them, but the Lakers are up 100 to 94. That's too little there, and he got the friendly roll. My goodness. Memphis slide away by AD, but he dropped the foul. Man, oh man, this guy is everywhere. I know he's going to pick up the foul here on this side, as Alex said. That's a great move for Matherin, but... Nowhere to go. Again, purple and gold jerseys everywhere guarding the paint. And LeBron's wondering where the heck the foul is. Yeah, I don't know. Because we need to check up the replay. It seemed for a moment it looked like a clean block. We don't know who it is. It's actually D'Angelo Russell drawing the foul. Even though AD saw that away like it was nothing. Yeah, he got a piece of Matherin from behind it looks like. So Davis... He won't get credit for that block, but I love the effort nonetheless. Yes, one of the best blocks that didn't count. And we have a look at the NBA Cup as Austin Reeves comes back in. He'll be taking the place of Max Christie. Reeves has 24 of the Lakers' 26 bench points. The second free throw is good. Man, as much money as the NBA makes, you think that trophy would look a little nicer. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you do have a good point. The Pacer missed just three free throws. Here's Reeves pulling up. And the putback doesn't go through for Reddish. Pacers moving up with a pace, no pun intended. Howie to the inside, driving for McConnell. Blocked away by AD. And here's LeBron the other way. Reddish for redemption. Oh, what a block by Davis, and there's LeBron, and Reddish throws it down. That is wonderful work. We're just one point away and two rebounds away from the 30-20 game for AD. 6-17 to go. Here are the Pacers. Howie, one-on-one with Reddish. Double team now. Howie gets it up for Turner just in time. He saves it. Three-point game in Vegas. Miles Turner, the big man. How good does that feel for Miles, Alec? What a basket. It feels very refreshing for him. After getting bullied for so long by AD, who sets a screen for Reese, feels refreshing here. Reddish from deep! He does it again! Right back at you! This game's getting spicy, my friend. Look out. Here's Howie. Double team now to the inside for 
for Turner. Almost ripped away. A free for Neesmith loose. And he picked up by A.D. is 19 for the game. One away from 20. So keep an eye out on 30-20. Feels like that prediction is coming closer and closer. And the Lakers will slow it down with 525 left in the fourth and try and draw up their next offensive play on this next timeout. I'm feeling for you on that side, Alec. It almost sounds like you're losing your voice, and I don't blame you on that end because it was end-to-end -end action for the L.A. Lakers there. What a play in transition. Anthony Davis has been everywhere. It looks like a video game on easy mode. And Cam Reddish in this fourth quarter, you could look at him as a low-key goat making a couple a dunk, a three-pointer there. Aaron Neesmith was wide open on the left-wing side from three. He just missed that one. Looks like this game's going to come down to the wire. Well, who knows if this could be the only knockout stage game to go to overtime thus far, but that would be the perfect send-off in this in-season tournament. Yes. This has been fireworks left and right between the Pacers and Lakers, and the Pacers, despite being down by six after that wide-open free by Cam Reddish, just the second main three-pointer by the Lakers in this game, the Pacers, they're not shying away one bit. No, they're not. I mean, they've got punched in the face inside the paint the whole time throughout this game. They're only down six. It's 105.99 as we're in the break with 5.25 left to go in the fourth. Who knows if it's going to go into OT. Again, Alec will take you the rest of the way across that because it would be unfair if I took that portion of it. So he'll finish off the rest of this game. But this final has been uh, really, really good. And honestly, the Indiana Pacers win, lose, or draw here, Alec. I think we said it best in the open. You give this team all the credit they deserve regardless of what happened with the Lakers because I think they've shown out quite well in this tournament. Yeah, regardless of what happens between the Lakers and the Pacers, no matter who wins, these two teams deserve to be in this spot the same way the Heat deserve to be in the NBA Finals after they rolled through the Bucks and the Celtics in the first round and the conference final. They deserve, the Pacers deserve to be here. This, this, they beat the very same teams that he beat in, on their road to the finals last year. And this is a job well done by Rick Carlisle, uh, boosting his offense, getting well-rounded scoring from everyone, yeah. not just the mainstays and Howie Burden and Heald and Maverick. No, you said it best. And again, I think because of the balance scoring and all of that, I'm not even going to say tournament luck for both of these teams. I know they're 6-0 and somebody's getting their first loss. I think what we saw from both of these teams, especially with the balanced scoring of Indiana, makes me believe that when they start again on Monday, not just against the Pistons, but when the Pacers start again, they're going to be able to carry this into the regular season and have success. We talked about first in offense, last in defense, but yet I'm seeing good defensive effort. I'm seeing good defensive effort from both teams. But I'm thoroughly impressed with the Indiana Pacers and the way that they get consistent balanced scoring all the time. It's just it's fun to watch. Yeah, very fun watching this Pacers team. And they're, they're letting them know to the rest of the world and everyone in the, in the United States that this team is not to be taken lightly in their first ever nationally televised games of the season. We don't have any nationally televised games of the Pacers coming soon, but I will show you this. I'll be seeing the Lakers on Tuesday when they face the Mavericks in Dallas. That's going to be a lot of fun on that for you to broadcast again. You always talk about uh, Luka Doncic and what he can do, but the Los Angeles Lakers look like a complete team right now. 
And they do. LeBron misses twice the rebound, juggling around. This will come out. We don't know who has it. And, oh, this ball is bouncing around like hot potato over the referees. We don't know who is going to be called for it, but it's Aaron Neesmith on a loose ball foul. Yep, that means he's going to stay right back with the Lakers. They've been battling for the ball like crazy. Hot potato for sure. And the Lakers keep it alive again. And Anthony Davis, man, oh, man, what a game he's had. He's definitely going to be my MVP. Yeah, already. The first free throw, he now has 30. So he's at 18 rebounds. We just need those two rebounds, John. I definitely say with 5.08 left, he's going to get it, my friend. Yeah, we can just see it right now. In the closing minutes, when you need a clutch rebound to clean up a missed shot from the Pacers, you can trust AD for it. He's now up to 31 points out of these two free throws. That's been their bread and butter. Drawing free throws after drawing the contact. Here's Hallie. Steps back. Doesn't shoot the free. And an offensive foul on Indiana. Miles Turner's getting called for it. Exactly five minutes left. What the heck did he do there? I was watching him the whole way and I still didn't see it, but nonetheless, it's Laker ball. It, it, I don't know if it, it's slapping someone's butt and them not seeing it is considered an offensive foul, but okay, here's D'Lo, fakes the free <laughs> on heel, and D's on the inside, 33! He's putting the Pacers on posters now! Oh, man, oh, man. Anthony Davis looking like Pelicans Davis. That's a poster. Oh, that is definitely a poster. Several double teams here, one-on-one. -on -one. Here's Hill to free. That is too far. Bounces out. Both teams arguing who has the ball. The Lakers have it with 423. So here's the thing for me. Alberton just probes, and he leaves Turner wide open from the left-wing side. I know he hasn't been great from three all day. But he's got to shoot that one with confidence. You're not getting a better look than that. Oh, LeBron won a foul on Hallie Burton. I don't know if he's going to get that case. But there's not any foul signal. It'll be still be Lakers ball. Looks like Halliburton's going to get the block on LeBron and it's going to stay with the purple and gold. Well, LeBron to the inside. Miles Turner gets called for foul again on Anthony Davis. Turner now is gone. That's his last foul he can take. He's out of the game. Man, oh man, he's not going to want to remember this game. I feel bad, honestly, but Anthony Davis is playing on another level right now. It's a cheap foul to pick up, but Miles' day is done. Uh, it feels like there was little or no contact for Turner. We didn't see anything from that on Miles Turner's part. I don't think there was any contact from Turner as Davis makes the first one. I know you said this, and I just saw the replay from before. So he happens to get the hand that hits one of the rear end of one of the Lakers. Then he gets wrapped up with Anthony Davis, doesn't do anything wrong, and picks up two fouls. Uh, Miles, I think he kind of got jobbed there, to be honest. Oh, well, he, he may have gone out of the way to avoid AD, perhaps, but the way that AD has been playing, Maybe the right call. Pacers need buckets in bunches. This one from 32 feet out. And rebound number 19 for Anthony Davis. We just need one more here. Wow. Nine-nothing run in the last 215 plus and counting for the Lakers. Just need one more for rebound, whether offensive or defensive, from AD. He has the pass. The left side. Watched by 
Lee Thompson. Davis goes inside, shoot to shoot. Davis has to find one up, and he draws a foul, Obi Toppin. We're going to check how many fouls he has. That's his second foul of the night, or his third. And AD is going to come back onto the line to get up to 37 on the point totals. So, Alec, I know this is an easy question to ask, and we can talk about it. But where is this version of Anthony Davis all the time? It feels as if he is on and off. There's a, it feels like there's a switch. When he's on, he is on. Bold, underlined, italicized, right. all caps. And he's been on tonight. He's up to 36 after his first free throw. Showing on all fronts. Offensive, defensive, free throw shooting. He's been there. It's the best game I've seen from Anthony Davis. As a Laker, at least, given the circumstances that this is an in-season tournament, not a meaningless one, contrary to what the naysayers say. He's up to 37 now, 10th in this quarter. Howie from deep, off the rim, and there it is! A 30-20 game for AD. <laughs> now we're going to have to watch it. He goes to 40-20 tonight. He doesn't need it, but given the way he's playing, it's not out of the question. LeBron now draws the double team, goes inside for AD! And he's one point away from 40. What a game he's been having. Lakers lead 115-99 as the Pacers called their second to last timeout. So, Alec, I don't know if the MVP goes throughout the entire tournament or just one game, but look at number three right now. He's pumped. He knows he's him right now. He's going for 40 as we go to the timeout. This is a wonderful performance for Anthony Davis, and I love to see it. Oh, this is a lovely sight, seeing Anthony Davis perform up to his expectations as a former first-round pick of the Pelicans, and he's playing like the superstar that he has been hyped up to be. 39 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, 15 of 20 green from the field, 9 of 13 from the line. If the MVP goes to just one game, it is AD's award to lose. If it's the yeah. entire tournament, it's LeBron. I would agree on that side. Even with this game, I still would agree. I'd give it to LeBron, especially when he had that near-perfect game on Thursday. But again, we could talk about some of the Pelicans' numbers for Anthony Davis, but I just want to be completely honest. I've watched a little bit of Anthony Davis here and there with the Lakers. I agree with you. This is the best game he's ever had as a member of the Lakers. But this is why Anthony Davis was the number one overall pick all those years ago. This is what a big man can do. He can completely dominate. Offensive defense has the speed. He can block shots. He can get steals. Uh, Zion Williamson can never hope to be as good as Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Oh, it's just a complete mismatch. Not only in the height advantage, but also on the defensive press. Right. But how Zion's been going with, oh, Naismith got hit hard. I mean, very hard onto the face. They're actually going to call a foul on Naismith, even though he took that hit up high from LeBron. What? He looked like he got hit right in the chest, and I thought he was there. Pacers taking another timeout as Naismith gets called for the foul. That's a rough one. Oh, that, that's tough for Naismith. Basically, what more can you do to defend LeBron? You're going up against 39-year-old LeBron in his 21st season, still at the same speed that he possesses, what more can you do? 
No, there isn't anything you can do, Alec, on that side. That's why I said Miles Turner for about a minute and a half ago. I thought he picked up two fouls. At least one of them wasn't on him. And Aaron Neesmith, he didn't even commit a foul there. And he got called for one nonetheless. I know we thought the Lakers were going to have the advantage, but when you get those extra whistles in their favor, too, it's pretty much unfair. Pacers will challenge this right now, as I think they should. <laughs> as Buddy Hill says, get that camera off my face. He's not having it right now. The, 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 the Pacers know they want it. All the Lakers want it as much as the Pacers do. I feel the Lakers, they come up with an amazing sense of hunger and use yeah. that height advantage to their advantage and being able to get those rebounds, whether it be Anthony Davis or LeBron James or anyone from their matter. Yeah, they have. Again, as you said, the points in the paint have been absolutely dominant, but throughout this entire tournament, again, I know we covered four knockout games, and this is the final now on the side of between Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and today on Saturday. I've been thoroughly impressed throughout the whole time of these first three Lakers matchups that we watched and the sense of it. The Lakers' defense... I know they've had some spots and starts, maybe a couple quarters off here and there, but the Lakers' defense, really, Alec, has been consistent all the way through, and they've played some beautiful basketball. Yeah, this may thrust them right back into NBA title contention status yeah. after having a rocky start to the season, perhaps they may give the Nuggets, I know the Nuggets, they've been looking rather mortal this season, but it feels... The Nuggets have someone to watch outside of Minnesota. Yeah, and at least the way that Anthony Davis has played right now, again, 39-20, 15-23 in four blocks. I know that the best player in the world is Nikola Jokic, but if Anthony Davis can do this, he at least can try to even up that matchup, correct? Yeah, he can at least try to even it up. So a different type of strength and a different type of intensity. The story of this game has been points in the paint. The Lakers are winning that battle 80-40, to 40, plus the rebound disparity. <laughs> it's drastic. The Pacers had 30 rebounds in this game. AD and LeBron, as a duo, are out-rebounding the entire Pacers team. They have 31 of the Lakers' 55 rebounds. That is absolutely astronomically ridiculous. I'm glad you threw out those numbers. It's just... Ridiculous and an otherworldly display yeah. to get the call from our referees. 2.55 left. Not like this last challenge is going to matter because the Pacers, they're down by 16. It's going to take a miracle to come back from this deficit. Yes, it is. And again, they got the call right. LeBron James will be called for the turnover. Good defense there for Neesmith. Yeah, yeah. Rick Carlisle had to call it. He had to call, and he had to challenge that. And it is an offensive foul on LeBron. His first foul of this half, fourth of this game, Hill on some tight coverage. Here's Alley coming right back. Alley passes over to Hill, who fires a three, and a badly needed one. Lee cut through 13. Would be lucky number 13 or unlucky number 13. Yeah, he needed that one. He got that camera out of his face, knocked down a three. Oh, I guess he wanted that motivation from it. Nice spots. Uh, drawing the kickball violation on Obi Toppin. For the Lakers, it'll keep them possession. Tenth three-pointer for the Pacers, but it's not mattered much for them. Deep inbound for AD. Have yourself a game, man. He's going for 40 here. LeBron. One all of Howie. LeBron drives in. LeBron slams it down on the reverse jab. 
Are we sure he's 38 years old? Well, he's, he may be 38 going on 29. He's going to take a right back to 2013. And the Pacers, they they, drew, they get the intentional foul on Austin Reeves, but given how Reeves has been for the line, this is the last guy you want to foul even after Aaron Neesmith had the layup. Uh, Toppin had no choice, but for Toppin, that's his fourth foul of the game. Turner's already out. Yeah, they were up against it right now with some of the injuries. I don't know if Andrew Nemard would have been able to change the fortunes completely, but the Lakers did what they had to do today, and that was bottling up Tyrese Halliburton for a little bit and dominating inside the paint. I thought they played the game plan well. Yeah, they want to limit Halliburton, and it's worked out to a success. Even though he has the 11 assists, the Lakers also made emphasis on slowing everyone down. Reeves puts the tear. Makes one of two, makes the second one, not the first one. Howie Burton was in speed. Feed right back. Pacers need some buckets. Maverick draws the foul on the other side of 205. Pacers are doing enough to hang around, Alex, still. It's not gotten completely away from them. But they just have to be able to, in this 205, find a way to get stops, maybe a couple of quick steals. But if I am the Lakers, I'm slowing it down as much as I can. And as we've said, don't try to overcomplicate things. It's either LeBron, Anthony Davis, or Austin Reeves. It's that simple. Yes. Either one of these three. Get your big three out there and let them do their job. Macklin makes the first one, but we need to pay attention to the foul stats. Obi Toppin has four. Buddy Healer is three. Aaron Neesmith has five. Isaiah Jackson is three. E.T.J. McConnell is four. And Bandit Macklin has four. Yeah, the Lakers have been able to attack so much in the paint, it's no wonder why the Pacers are all around foul trouble. So Maffert makes both. It's a 12-point lead. Quick passing here for the Lakers. They're going back and forth, tiring out the Pacers. Reeves for a double team. Todorak! Oh, my! Austin Reeves! The closer! 152 left. <laughs> he draws the end one. I don't know what to say here for Austin Reeves. I guess I... Really underrated how good he can be. And the Lakers are lucky to have this bad man on this team right now. My goodness. And for Obi Toppin, who draws the foul, he's one away from joining Miles Turner in the locker room as Reeves gets the and one. Here come the Pacers. They still have Toppin out there. Halley throwing a rack. And even though I'm shouting at the top of my lungs in a 13-point game, these dunks are still highlight reel. Reeves slowing things down. The inside, a steal, but out of bounds off Naismith. Yeah, Halliburton was able to get some points late, but they funneled them up enough, did the Lakers. You tried to close them down. But that paint point disparity, there is nothing else that we can say here. Lakers just, you know, pretty much put their will down in this game. And how about this? A 40 20 for AD. Halley's wide open. Too far and too strong on that. Kicked out. And Maprin and East Pace are just going to pass around. Here's Toppin. Double rims out. And Naismith, he went down very hard trying to crowd a rebound of 118. And perhaps he's going to go to the line. Game's not over yet, but we already know who's going to win the NBA Cup. Yeah, I felt like this was going to be the result on this side, but a full marks... Alec, to the Indiana Pacers, they made this a game 
throughout for as good as the Lakers have done. Pacers never got themselves stuck in blowout territory. I thought they played really well. And for the Lakers, again, that defensive intensity, Anthony Davis with the ridiculous game, good work. You know, there's something in Japanese baseball, an unwritten rule. The goal is to not humiliate your opponents, but to win and just win. Right. In Japanese baseball, they don't humiliate their opponents, and the Lakers, they got themselves a well-earned win tonight, and they didn't humiliate the Pacers. No, they didn't. But I, the only thing we could definitely say was uh, anyone else who tried to guard Anthony Davis tonight was humiliated. <laughs> well, that's the only thing I will say in terms of humiliation. Because we have a little stop to play for a Pacer timeout, the last one they're going to use to officially a stat line 41 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 blocks. 16 to 24, 9 of 13. This has been the Anthony, we can mark this as the Anthony Davis game. Yeah, if this is something that stands in the NBA Cup records, it's going to be hard to beat a 41 20 performance, my friend. He's the third Laker to record 40 points, 20 rebounds, and 5 assists in Lakers history. Elgin Baylor did it 13 times, Wilt did it twice. This is good company to be at if you're AD. Yeah, you're in the elite of the elite at that point for Anthony Davis. Again, my only question was the consistency. I understand a ridiculous game. I'm not expecting to drop 40 every time. But I really do believe that Anthony Davis could consistently get 15 rebounds every game. He's that good. Yeah, now the Lakers use their timeout. The Pacers have checked out everyone that's been there. They're getting their reserves in. That means Oscar Shibui, Kendall Brown, Isaiah Wong, and Ben Shepard. And for the first time, it's Jarris Walker. So we can imagine that the Lakers are using their timeout to get the deep bench inside. That means Christian Wood, Max Lewis, Jalen Hood, Shabino. Come on down. Also, Roy Hachimura, Jackson Hayes. You haven't seen the court a lot. It's their chance now. Absolutely. You get a 70-second victory lap here with a minute 10 left to go. Lakers up 123-108. This was a good competitive game all the way through. I thought the Indiana Pacers hung in there quite well considering how bad they were mismatched inside the paint. It was the Lakers just imposing their will tonight. It was too much for the Pacers to overcome. Yeah, just as LeBron and AD are having a friendly chat one another with Hayes and the dapping up at the sidelines. It's to celebrate like LeBron's won ring number five. As we can count this as ring number five for LeBron, in a sense, at least I want to see from the text from my friends, and this, should, this could possibly be ring number five technically for him. But nonetheless, this has been a great in-season tournament, not only for the Lakers or the Pacers, but the entire NBA as a whole. And I can't wait what's in store next year. So, yeah. How about you, John? No, absolutely, Alec. I hope we get a chance to do this again. I'm glad you asked me. I had a lot of fun with this, and honestly, it was a heck of a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. As I told you from the beginning, I was a little bit concerned the way that this was going to go, but honestly, good job for Adam Silver and company. And for LeBron, I saw that he shot 63% from deep in this tournament. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what's the back-to-back-to-back three-pointers against the Pelicans? That's ridiculous. So we do have a running clock as the Lakers take the shot clock violation and check out all of their scores, get their utters in. They reset the clock to 46.7. The Lakers fans 
here in attendance, all standing up. 45 seconds left until it's official. Just running around in some laps between these two teams. Around and throughout just one last try for pride. No, the Pacers don't get it. A second chance. Third try. And one, because why not? 29.6 left. So it was an opportunity for Oscar Shibway. Kendall Brown missed the shot. Shibway going to go to the line for the Pacers. They've shot well in this game from the line, but it's too bad they couldn't get about 70 free throw attempts because that's what it would have taken because it's pretty much the Lakers. Let me just give you the official rundown here as we got all of that in front of us. We know who's going to win this one. But let's go to the team stats real quick. So Pacers 28-31 from the line. That's very, very good. But on the other side, points in the paint. Don't let anyone else tell you different. 86-44 to in favor of the purple and gold. That's been the story of tonight. Points in the paint, rebounds, all been with the Lake Show's control. And Jay Woodhood Shafino can just take this 24-second violation just as Austin Reeves did so previously. Just going to dribble it out for several seconds. Five to shoot. And I don't think they're going to get a shot off. Cameron has just no intent of doing so. Another turnover, but they, don't, they won't need to shoot this ball. The Pacers know the final score, and who knows who's going to win the NBA Cup. Just get this in, two seconds, and they're not going to shoot this off. And that is all. The Los Angeles Lakers win the first ever NBA Cup in the NBA in-season tournament. 123-109. to 109. I guess the Pacers didn't keep it within 10 as I thought, but again... Lakers, perfect game plan. There was nothing that the Pacers could do to try to adjust it there. And for LeBron and Anthony Davis, you talk about two absolute superstars. Yes, I'm using the word superstars. I don't care how old LeBron is. That's a perfect run for LeBron all the way through. Austin Reeves was insane in the first half. And man, oh man, this was really fun to cover this with you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been really fun through the knockout stage. Of course, we're looking forward to what next year's in-season tournament brings as the high fives commence. And even though there were skeptics about the in-season tournament, how it's not going to work out, how it doesn't have any meaning towards it. Well, there is a meaning. People, players are taking this more, taking regular season games more seriously. There is a purpose now. Plus the cash price at the end of it, five hundred thousand to the winner, as they can use this for their needs, or they want to donate it to something. Sure. Again, I would say for the back end bench players that you would think only make about a million, two million, something like that. I know the NBA money starting to get up there a little bit. It's not show hey money, but it's decent money on that side. So for the back end bench players like Valen should Shafino and all that, yeah. That's pretty cool on that side, and you want to be able to get that prize money on the other side and uh, get some bragging rights, and I think that's what the Lakers did right now. And again, I'll double down with you. You know what was great about this tournament on this side? Getting a chance to get the Indiana Pacers to get some national TV games because they played really well. Yeah, they played perhaps one of the better games that they have shown throughout the regular season, along for the way. And, and the in-season tournament will present a further opportunity for small market teams and getting their chance at pride. 
Perhaps we could see something with the NHL following suit. Say something similar to what the UEFA Champions League brings. Eight groups of four. Each team plays their group, the teams in their group twice. One on the road, one at home. And we're saying and such. The group winners automatically get in. Two wild cards per conference. Top two teams get first round buys. And which report suggests that the Winter Classic should be the championship game in the in-season tournament. I love that idea, Alec. Again, you need to get Gary Bettman on the phone here. We need to get him on speaker because you laid that out perfectly. That's great. Yeah, get the site of the Winter Classic as the championship game on the NHL in-season tournament. So, say, have it begin late November and as, a, as the tournament progresses on. Knockout stage for last week of December, and then Winter Classic you have it as one of the first two days of December or January of the, the coming year. How about that for it? As they get to decide where it will be and who's going to host it. Say, if I were to choose, I would perhaps put Toronto or Buffalo. I like that too on that set. I'm glad that I'm also using this on the recorder to be able to save all our casts because I think he nailed that perfectly. And alongside that in-season tournament, how about we get the Olympic play back in by February side because I'm uh, waiting for the Olympics to start again in the NHL. Yeah, we, yeah, we want to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on Team Canada yes. together. Finally at last. I know, I would love that. I hope that the NHL does that because you're right. If you're not making moves, then you're not doing something right. Look, Adam Silver, it's a little bit different there from uh, previous commissioner on that end. And I, I understand that. From the forefathers, you've got to be able to make some different moves and adjustments. Adam Silver, I think, is a, a really forward thinker. David Stern was. David Stern grew the global game for the NBA, made it a cable product. Remember, back before your time and my time, the NBA Finals used to be on tape delay, if you can believe that. David Stern changed a lot of things for the good, and now Adam Silver is trying to be a little bit more forthright and make more changes to try to bring in a younger audience that's even more outside of what you and I would be. They want to try to impact it more for teenagers and for kids and for try to get more ears and eyes on it, and that makes sense. But for the NHL, you got to be able to make some of those adjustments too, otherwise the product gets stale. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, for a commissioner, we need more forward thinkers as sports commissioners. So, some commissioners like Adam Silver. The NHL needs exactly that. Because Gary Bettman, we can argue we say he's driving the sport backwards if we're being honest. We need forward thinkers. Someone who can get new and innovative ideas, such as in-season tournaments. Say the suggestion that it could be similar to Champions League and UEFA, European football. I would like to see that. I would like to see the game be more accessible. I understand. Here's the explanation I'll use as we're getting the celebration here for the Lakers. Let me get that all. We'll send it to you. But here's the thing. When the games were in Sweden for the global games, and I know you put this on the Twitter side, guess what was blacked out? Some of the stuff in the global games, so anybody in the Canadian market couldn't even watch the Senators and the Red Wings play each other. What sense does that make? Yeah, no sense. It feels we need games that are available for streaming, whether it be ESPN Plus or press NHL to make their own version of NBA League Pass. Right. 
Again, that's... That, yes, and that's something that used to work back then that they kind of put on ESPN now, but I agree with you on all those points. We'll see what they can change. NBA's making some changes, and it seems to work for them. Like you said, no matter what the naysayers think about the tournament, again, I've turned around a little bit because I've seen how competitive the games were. That's what I wanted to see. Some smaller market teams, some, some com competitive games to be able to watch that and see that it matters, and we've certainly seen that. So, at least I think the naysayers can look at it and say, hey, this idea worked. Why not try to do some other things, as you said, in the NHL? Why not see if that works? Hell, the NFL's trying to play games in London. I don't know if that works all the time. I don't know if all the Thursday night football games work all the time. But if you're going to at least do that, make sure that you put good teams to be able to watch them and make sure the games are competitive and fun. At least the NBA got it right this time. Yeah, at least the NBA got it right. The NFL may need to tweak their flaws for the London games or the Germany games. Sure. Because if you they're sending out the wrong teams and playing games in London and Germany. Yeah, they started doing the Germany games just recently. They want to expand their brand. They want to have the right teams go out there. We saw one in Kansas City and Miami. That, those were the two right teams as we get Hoisha Bush the PA announcer on uh, uh, T-Mobile Arena announcing the in-season tournament champion Los Angeles Lakers and sideline Porter Malika Andrews for ESPN having interviews with the Lakers as well. Did we get a chance to look at all? Did you see, Alec, anything on how much these tickets cost today? I don't know how much they cost, but we can just sense that there are celebrities out, out there sure. in that group. And uh, if you remember, Kimo Fade Chavalet, as I looked it up once again, he'll, he, he'll, he's the main star of Wonka, the movie. That movie's going to come out on the 15th of December. So if anyone wants to watch that, here it is. Kimo Chavalet was courtside. So Malika gives it here for Adam Silver. And look, there's a pretty cool shot. You got people from the Boys and Girls Club. Been able to put the medals on each one of the LA Lakers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Or the NBA to get this tournament part. This boy, the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada presenting the medals as they give it to each one of these players on the, these hats, these hoodies. <laughs> Look at LeBron and AD smiling as they get set to take on the Mavericks this Tuesday. Be looking at them at Dallas. I guess I will say that the cup kind of looks like the Larry O'Brien trophy a little bit, but I guess I'm a little bit spoiled from looking at that NBA cup in comparison to the NHL Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't know if, if it looks like the Larry O'Brien trophy and the Stanley Cup, I don't know, got meshed together and <laughs> it went, got put into a blender. So, something like that. Again, it just seems a little bit too small to me on that side, but you know what, honestly, what I do like I like those medals around the neck. That's pretty cool. As they hoist that trophy up into the sky, LeBron, of course, team captain, first hands it off to the man of the match, Anthony Davis, who finished with 41 points, 20 rebounds. Of course he gets the first touch. Alec, I think this was pretty cool. I love the confetti and all that stuff, but I can't help but feel like this is going to be a meme, isn't it? Well, just can't help but think about it <laughs> from, the, from the naysayers that are going to talk about it. 
Well, let the naysayers do all the talking. The Lakers put in the work. They did. Every team puts in the work. For all the talk the Ayers want to do, let these teams do the work. Let let them continue. The, the, the work is being done as a form of talking by these basketball players to send a message on what these players are made of. I think that's well said, Alec. I think I'm going to lean with you on that side, too. As fun as it could be for certain other things, I could really tell that it was important for all these teams. And look, to be honest with you, you could have had opportunities where the Celtics, the Suns, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks had chances here, but it was the Indiana Pacers and the Los Angeles Lakers that had other ideas, and they got the job done. They took care of business from the ground up, and they, they rolled with that business all throughout. These teams, the best in their aspects throughout this in-season tournament, and they're the best throughout the tournament for a reason. Just as Darvin Hans getting interviewed after Malika Andrews interviewed Joey Buss, alternate governor for the Lakers. Of course, it's not long until we get to see perhaps an interview from team owner Jeannie Buss, who inherited the team after the passing away of the late Jerry Buss. I think Jeannie, honestly, throughout the history, has got a little bit of unfair words against her and all that. I understand how hard it's going to be to run the L.A. Lakers, and there'll be some tumultuism and this and that. But anytime you get a chance to sign LeBron James and you bring over Anthony Davis and you win a championship on the COVID side against the lean years after Kobe Bryant, I think she's done a good job. Yeah, yeah, she's brought for her after the influx after Kobe Bryant was the signing of LeBron James. It was no, it was no secret that it was down to between L.A., Cleveland, or Philadelphia back at the time when he was a free agent. Eventually, he wanted to come to L.A play with the Lakers, not only movies, but also lead the Lakers to a championship. And doing so, Jeannie Buss, LeBron James, Anthony Davis have brought the Lakers back to respectability. 2020, it felt like they got a core on paper that looked like a bunch of outcasts. Teams didn't want to take a chance on them. And But Frank Vogel back then, when he was the head coach, sure. LeBron and AD, they made the most out of it with that core. KCP, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, everyone there. Yeah, they did a great job. And uh, here's your MVP, Mr. LeBron James, getting interviewed by Malika Andrews. I guess it was a whole entire tournament thing. You said it right. The man of the match might have been Anthony Davis, for real. It was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. LeBron, it has been ridiculous throughout, my friend. Yeah, this was the right call. You want to go entire tournament, you go LeBron. If you want to go one match, you go AD. So, but since it is the entire tournament, they made they made the right choice in giving it to LeBron. It's the safest pick for MVP. And again, LeBron just said it. Anthony Davis put up a Shaq-type performance. I agree with him. He said it correctly there. That was fantastic work. He got tweaked up a little bit. Still able to drop like a 40 bomb, 20 rebounds on that, so I get about four blocks. I mean, that was one of the best games I've seen him play against a really hot Indiana Pacers team. Alec, this was a lot of fun. I know that we'll probably catch up sometime next week, but I appreciate you reaching out. This uh, in-season tournament, this knockout round especially, was really, really good. And I think during this time next year, as long as it's during the same dates, I'm going to pencil it in and we'll do it again. Yeah, let's do this again, John. Next year, we'll run this one back. 
Been good working with you. Run the in-season tournament knockout stage. You have a good weekend, okay? Have a good weekend. See you.